Welcome to uh, the Dissect. Po- oh wait, that's <laughs> that's so 2018. Um, welcome to the nonprofit podcast, <laughs> Trevor. Welcome, Michael. I welcome myself into cool the studio on, after I've, having been gone a bit. I've been on both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we. So before uh, I I left on my last sort of adventure, we talked about like extraordinary snow year. Yeah, out of control. Out of control in the Sierras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, kind of all over. Well, all over. That's true. Mm-hmm. Alta finished with eight ninety or yeah, something. Almost nine hundred. They're going to get nine hundred before the end of the year. It's just okay. they they stop counting when the season closes, which is yesterday. Oh, so, yeah. Like, you know, Man, I, I mean, did, it was I bananas at six hundred and seven hundred. It was like unreal. I mean, for reference, I think last year was in the mid fours, four sixty or yeah. something by the end yeah. of the year. Or something and they like got that. 100 a hundred inches in three days. Yeah. So this season has had three, four, three, either three or four months with over two hundred inches of snow. I've, I've never, <laughs> I've never seen them close the candy down for ten days. That's be- right, because the slides were so week. bad. Oh no! Shit, it yeah. went on that long. Yeah. yeah. Whoa! It was, was a, it was a Sunday insane. to a Thursday. Okay, the people were stuck in at Snowbird and Alta. Yeah, yeah. like they could not leave, and then they had to like emergency leave, like give them oh, an sure. hour to let people go home. Yeah, that's like, crazy. Do you guys want to? You can't. You can't go for groceries and come back up, but yeah. you can leave. You can leave. Yeah. They, they deputized <laughs> the ski patrol oh, at Alta. Yeah. Oh, did they really? Yeah, they turned yeah, them re- into marshals. I did read that. No, <laughs> for real, because people were getting squirrely. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, four days, five days out. Like, you you decided to go skiing on Tuesday. Okay, and, wait. And you're like, oh shit. This is exactly. This is why I'm it's, not into food storage. I'm not into this like <laughs> end of the world shit. You give five. You know, you give a, a couple hundred five rich days. people five days, and they fucking turn on everybody. <laughs> I and you're like crazy. <laughs> like, all right, we're gonna give. De- we're gonna deputize a bunch of twenty to forty year olds that have. Some pretty, of them have knee medium, medium wage jobs. <laughs> who, who, yeah. Who now you're des- in charge. Who bitch. described their day as being stoked? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How was your day? I was on skis. Any day on skis, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do now? I guess I'm a cop. I don't know. <laughs> hey, at least I. Br- so do they? Do they eventually like undeputize you, or can you just roll around the county like Dude, Steven Seagal? I, I, w- I would. I would very purposefully. Accidentally lose my badge. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Oh yeah, come I, so, on. So I mean, the storms were hand back in like fucking <laughs> okay, crazy. <laughs> no, I'd be like, I dropped it in the powder. I don't know, man. Yeah, Swirt's sixty three hundred feet at our house in Suncrest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so not yeah, not as quite as high. We're You're this... two thousand feet higher than the valley floor. Yeah, I yeah. guess I've I've yeah. actually I've ridden that uphill time trial. So it's yes, seventeen hundred <laughs> feet. Yeah, climb, 17, yeah. yeah, from the bench from the from the bench from, from Highland. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Uh, the the interesting. So we're about the same as uh, Sundance, mm-hmm. which uh, we snowboarded this year, which is kind of interesting. But it was like, to- I, the the next thousand feet are insane. How much more snow you get? But to give like a perspective of how much snow we thought we were going to get flooding. I mean, we got flooding all over the place. 
the snow was so bad and the water was so bad that three houses fell off the edge of a fucking cliff up in Suncrest. That made the news Ruh-ruh. in Great Britain. I saw it on the BBC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's nuts. Yeah, that oh. video of the, the one. <laughs> oh, dude. We, yeah. We, so we, uh, before that one happened, we were, like, wa- we were walking around there. This is Michael's house. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean his neighborhood. No it, it, I mean, it's close. <laughs> so we were walking. Fell on the mountain bike trail. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were, yeah, Anne's trail. Yeah, Anne's trail is closed, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we walked, we were walking Lambert and I'm like, the helicopters, I could just hear it, the helicopter hovering and I'm like, that's weird. Maybe it's like a life flight thing. Yeah. And then I saw it like popped up and it was sticking there. I was like, oh, maybe it was like flooding, you know, whatever. So we walked in the neighborhood. And there's a bunch of cops like blocking off roads. And I was like, whoa. I was like, well, what's going on? So he's like, you haven't heard the circus? I'm like, no. All I know is that like Alex Jones said some stuff and Elon Musk said some stuff. Like, I don't, you know, like, <laughs> you don't which, get local which circus news. Yeah, yeah. Am I like, supposed to yeah. be listening to? Yeah, exactly. You know, so nice. whatever. Uh, and she's like, oh, some houses fell off the side of the cliff. And there's another one that's about to go any minute. You're like, like, that is news. I do need to know that. This is probably something I should know about. Because <laughs> this is kind of where I live. Yeah. <laughs> well, we almost bought down in that neighborhood when it first happened. Okay. Funny story. We were like, you know, man, if we're, we're, now's the time to upgrade. We yeah. should have. Not one of those, but like yeah. in that neighborhood. Um, houses were like 400 grand. And we're like, that's just way too much money. Well, now right. they're 1.3 yeah. exactly. uh, million. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm guessing... Of the three that fell down, they're they're worth a little less now. <laughs> a tiny bit. Tiny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what insurance says. The uh, but I talked to a friend of ours that does real estate there, and she goes, "Don't do it. They tested the soil. It's like clay. It's not going to be good for foundations." And I was like, "That's good to know." And I just kind of like wrote it off, and then yeah. the house fell, and I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> they knew about this." Yeah, they 100 percent knew about they 100% it. 100 knew about it. Anyway. Yeah. and yeah. did it anyway. Got theirs. Yeah. So it was kind of crazy. Yeah, we walked over there, and there's, like, people hurrying and moving shit out of the house. But just to get, like, the weather is out of control. Yeah. Out of control. And so you've gotten, how many days have you been up skiing? Uh, Almost 80. 80. Yeah. That is insane. It's pretty good. And for it's ski touring, that's a big year. It's a lot. Because yeah. it's a lot because ski touring. Yeah, yeah. Lift, lift skiing, yeah. it starts to get big at 100. Easily, yeah. 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 But if you're, if you're earning your turns, 80 is yeah. a big. It's a lot of uphill. Yeah, it's a good fitness winter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I can feel it. Derek yeah, said he sure. was going so much because you've been going with Derek a lot, a lot, right? Yeah. So he's been saying he was going so much that when he stopped, he gained seven pounds. Yeah, like, I'm, not, I'm in, not surprised. In like one week, because yeah. he was still like, you he know, was probably just in a eating. deficit. Yeah. Probably eating to support time. that much activity, and then getting that activity to go away, and then yeah. Derek and I were joking about it. Like we went almost three days a week every week since like. December 1st. Jesus. And then there was a week where we didn't go and both of us were like, oh fuck, do we have to like think about fitness now? Yeah. Like shit, we're not doing like 15K a week. Like, yeah, what, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? It's a lot, man. Like, yeah, I got I got a couple backcountry runs in, only a couple. And I was only going up maybe like 2,000 feet at once, uh, one, one trip. And I was just like, fuck, it's like two hours up and like 90 seconds down. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> great. These are these are <laughs> different great. ratios, yeah. I, but I like the up. Yeah, you know, it's like, great. Yeah, I was with Chris; he was suffering a little bit, but and and it's it's fun when you have partners that you trust mm-hmm. and partners that are just as fit or at least very similar. Yeah. So most of the guys yeah. I've been going with are in the in the very same range of fitness and the same kind of personalities. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Mark, you know, like you're on a skin track for two to three hours, you're gonna 
talk a lot with a bunch I of mean, people. If, as long as your fitness is similar and yeah. everybody's kind of moving at the same rate, you know, like that, like 1500. I like to go with a couple of dudes that are more fit and they can do the talking and I can just be in the back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sucking wind. Yeah. I, it's not yeah. like I don't have anything to say. It's just that I can't say it at this pace. Well, that's yeah, been me, that's been me a couple times oh, with, sure. with those guys yeah. specifically because they don't drink and I do. So there's been a couple times where I'm like, God damn it, I shouldn't have had that two tequilas last night yeah. they are kicking my ass <laughs> but um that's why you do the uh the late dawn patrol yeah that that's not a Derek and dave thing those two no they no. go at like five they in the have morning. like we ha- they have like yeah. real jobs and yeah. so i'm the idiot that's like okay cool yeah i'll go with you but then i go home and nap so it's fine okay i'm i'm, I'm like in, i'm like nice. intensely impressed with the sport though yeah, it's like, like I, I guess I just didn't rationalize in my head what it was all about until you actually do. There's really no way to fundamentally understand what it's like until it, you go out there. Yeah, there there really isn't, and I, I mean, I haven't participated in every you know mm-hmm. kind of endurancey type of sure. activity, but what's interesting specifically, I think, about ski touring is you cannot fake the effort nor the time scale. <laughs> that's put it like if, if yeah. you're gonna if so if you're gonna go up Superior, yeah. Which for everybody's uh, point of reference is like three-ish K of uphill. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it in two to two and a half hours, that's fucking fast. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't fake that. Yeah. A thousand, a thousand that, an hour is about right, right? For like a fit person. Uh, fit-ish. Yeah. If you're real fit, like I've done some days with some guys that were doing 2K an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And no it's, shit. And yeah, it's for real. And like you're for real, but also the track's in. Yeah, generally before. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to get two k an hour, the track has to be in. laying. If you're tra- cutting laying the track, tra- yeah. Yeah. if you're cutting track, you're doing like maybe eight hundred. Yeah, yeah like, okay. like it's it's a bit like Derek and I did it uh, up to Benson and Hedges, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's like fuck. I don't know. It's three, a lot. Three and a half miles to get there. Yeah, and, I was gonna say we, you we came laid from the track. Yeah, big cottonwood. Big cottonwood. Yeah, yeah. So, so we laid the track to get in there, and horizontal. I just about wanted to die that day. Yeah. And so did Derek. Like we kind of fell over at the end of that whole experience, but um, it's I like it. Yeah, yeah. I I like that kind of effort for yeah. like the you can't fake it. It's yeah, I like it because there's like something to it. It's like this is gonna be fun, but it's gonna be a lot of work before it's fun. And maybe the work is fun too, but it's I don't know. It's interesting. I actually yeah. really enjoyed it. I mean, Although it, I was on a cut track already, so if there's like type two <laughs> fun, like ski touring where your laying track is like two squared, so <laughs> it's compounding. <laughs> yeah, like, like it sucks. You know it yeah. sucks. You're choosing that it sucks, and then you're going to still do it. And you keep going. <laughs> yeah. You keep going. Uh, yeah. Let let alone the weather and the temperature and everything else. I mean, and yeah. in, in, in managing clothing systems for the output and clothing, food, transitions, liquid. Uh, there's so much that goes into yeah. it. it. It's cool. It, it's a fucking cool sport. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely interesting. What was the what was your favorite run this year? Oh God, man, we had so many just like killer, absolutely insane runs. But the the picture that I had printed for here, mm-hmm. that was absolutely one of the best days that I had okay. for a couple oh, of reasons. Oh, so, the one of JMO. Yeah. yeah, the one of JMO. So uh, Derek, Dave, and I were like, hey, they had a full black backcountry closure. Um, on little cottonwood and we're like, whatever, let's go up and see if we can't get on the other side of the closure. I was going to say we um, can get, <laughs> th- there are spots that are like non, like you yeah. can get into yeah. and it's okay. And so we get up there and we're like, yeah, we're going to go up here. Um, sorry, I misspoke. It wasn't a full, it was all the way up to, uh, Toledo. Okay. So we're like, ah, we'll just do Emma's. And you know, I brought my camera. I'm like, it's a huge amount of powder. I'll get some cool, like face shot type of mm-hmm. shots. 
uh, we run into JMO and he's like, where are you guys going? Cause you know, when you're out a lot, like mm-hmm. three or four days a week, the 50 people that are out the, three or four days a week, everybody yeah. fucking knows everybody. Yeah. There's yeah. really not that many no. people who partake. There's a yeah. shit ton of backcountry skiers. Yeah. Not that many that are participating at that level, that, yeah, yeah. that level of frequency, that yeah. volume. And so yeah. JMO's like, where are you guys going? We're like, ah, we're going up here. So we start cruising up and he gives us a call. He gives Derek a call. He's like, Derek, stop. Like, where are you? And he, He's like, ah, well, we're like almost heading up the the Flagstaff like scanner, and he's like, no, 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 take a left, go up towards Cardiff. Like, we just got the okay from UDOT. We're gonna go do ski skier mitigated avalanche control, and we're like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, because it was like 3 p.m. Yeah, and Superior hadn't had a skier on it in like two days. Oh, so you got so we're like, oh my road. god, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so those guys catch up to us, uh, Mike and JMO halfway up the skinner and we got up there and we had superior to the five of us oh my god to the point where <laughs> nice. we knew there wasn't going to be another person on the track because yeah. they weren't allowed to be up there yeah so you didn't even have to hurry we no 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 we were dicking <laughs> off like it was our job we were taking our time <laughs> yeah. sweet ass time we get up there and there's like a little bit of cloud cover and we're like well nobody else is catching us like let's yeah. just hang out and see if it breaks so we waited for it to break and it was perfect bluebird on the Monte Cristo side. And so we're like, let's just ski it. Okay. Yeah. And we had enough time where I was able to set up shots of JMO off the backside of Superior and Mike off the Monte Cristo bowl. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And it was like knee deep, fresh snow. Yeah. At six that's six PM. Amazing. That is nuts. In broad daylight. And, you know, and and that's when the light gets good, I've heard. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. <laughs> the golden hour. <laughs> golden hour fresh powder. Freaking yeah. perfect. But that that was lucky because we had the desire to be there. Yeah. And the fitness to be there. Yeah. And the willingness to go do it. And the relationships. And the relationships and everything worked out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like watching John Collins stuff or, or yeah. Andy DeRay's stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, it's really interesting to, man, uh, they do so much work, but it's, you know, worth it. It's so worth it. <laughs> like they're up there at four in the morning, just like cutting yeah. in a track to be the first down something. But And what's funny is, you know, coming from like base jumping and wingsuit base jumping. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh man, it's kind of ridiculous. You guys, you know, spend two and a half hours to go up to, you know, it takes fifteen minutes for you to get down. I'm like, bro, I've done six hour hikes for like ninety uh, seconds for ninety to seconds to like, get down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> slow your roll, dog. Like yeah. I'm actually pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if there's ever an asymmetrical investment in effort, yeah. there's other sports. Have you that tried are worse. this one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but invariably, it's worth it. Like I, there's nothing. I think that's like you if can't replace an experience. No, you can't. And I've done a lot of like resort mm-hmm. uh, stuff this year just to try to get back into it. And it's kind of interesting how like eventually once you get your legs back, you're like, fuck this. Like I, it's not, unless it's fresh, it's really not worth riding. Yeah. Right. Or like semi-fresh. Like I got first run on Baldy and a couple other things that were pretty good where it was like, oh yeah, this is why you do it. You just get proficient enough that you can have an experience like that, riding fresh powder that's untouched. And you go, this is 100% worth waking up at four in the morning. To go. And, and what I like so much more about skiing stuff in the backcountry is regardless mm-hmm. of if it's dangerous or not. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, conditionally or the aspect or the slope angle. You have to think about where you're going. You are your own patroller. Yeah. You're your own <laughs> yeah. rescue. Like, okay, am I going to ride in the trees? Like, maybe. But if I hit my head or if I go into a tree yeah. wall, like, the best case scenario is my ski partners figure out that I'm lost. Yeah. And they take two hours to find me. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's your best because they have to they have to cut a skin track to come get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like it's it. There's no magic formula here, you know. No. So I've heard it said like you should ski at seventy percent of your ability in the backcountry, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. And, but that makes it really cool, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're past that, that's okay. But you're making a conscious choice. Yeah, and I like having to make conscious choices about dangerous activities. Yeah, well, there was a video that was going around not too long ago about yeah. uh, the skier coming down and God, he like I've heard something so and the guy people. was like fucking nosedived into powder and he was just stuck. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like stuck, stuck. And the guy freaked out, went and like, mm-hmm. man, it would have just been dead. Like yep, that oh, guy yeah. would just suffocated or, you know, yeah. that, what a terrible situation to be. <laughs> Imagine just being face down. Ah, fuck. Hanging from your skis yeah. that are like bridged out over a hole you fell yeah. into. Even worse, a snowboard. This is how I die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a snowboarder. Yeah, which I got, you know, when we went up, uh, it was pretty sure it was just like a thousand feet that we, we skinned up and then came down, but it was way too much powder. Like almost unrideable. It was too much. It was like, oh, yeah. you know, that's when you high. send your partner first. <laughs> well, and I like, and they pull through it, and then you get to ride the, <laughs> their, their, their track. track. And stay, yeah. Yep. <laughs> See, I didn't know that, Mark. See, there's so a, I went speed first. is your friend. <laughs> yeah. It really was. And it wasn't quite a steep enough angle to get enough speed to ride yeah. it fluently. So I ended up like tomahawking into powder and being face down and being like, motherfucker, this is like really hard to get out. This blows. <laughs> this yeah. It's almost impossible to get up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it cool, really I'm, is. I'm yeah. going to exhaust myself. Yeah. And then lay in this ice <laughs> and die. Yeah. <laughs> it is quicksand. It's yes. quick snow. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it's currently bottomless, or it was. Yeah. That's um, kind of crazy. So I, speaking of like the amount of water, I think I've read a thing where their Sugar House Park is closed because they mm-hmm. think the water in the, you know, low parts of the Yep, park are going to be four feet deep. I'm not. I'm not surprised. I mean, they're, they're looking at what is it like 24 inches of uh, water volume equivalency is like what's fallen at Alta or something, which yeah. is absolutely out of control. So hopefully it doesn't. I mean, it, the the worst thing would be a rapid heat up. Yes. Hopefully it's doing what it's doing now, which is yeah. like these weird cold hot cycles: cold yeah. hot, cold hot, cold hot, cold hot, storm, yeah. storm dry, storm dry, storm dry. And if we do that till June, we might be safe from. Yeah. From catastrophic flooding, scary flooding. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I wasn't here, and I can't remember if it was. I think it was eighty nine when people were kayaking in State Street. I think eighty three. Eighty three. Okay. 83. Yeah, because uh, I, I saw some videos. And I'm like, holy e- shit! Yeah, where the like where the the uh, there's so much water. The the uh, I don't know. A, a manhole cover weighs a lot. A shit like they're like like sixty five pounds. Yeah, sixty five pounds. We're getting pushed off the the storm drains. Because Jesus. of the water that was like overpowering the storm drain. So it's just like, I just got to go somewhere. Holy Weakest, shit. you know, fastest way out is through a manhole cover. So like big steel things like. Whoa. Yeah. Not scary at all. Yeah. <laughs> I saw some flooding video in Kaysville that was pretty oh, yeah. serious. It was like. <laughs> There's shit starting. Yeah. It's, it's like white water kind of deal. Uh, we got pretty lucky. All the houses below us flooded. <laughs> Ours didn't get any. And we had, I mean, it was kind of insane. You just got it on the roof. Yeah. Well, and apparently after talking to our neighbor, which we didn't talk during the winter, but yeah, the ice damming that happened up there is kind of extensive. Like there yeah. were, there's like something like $10 million worth of damage and roofs up just, just in that neighborhood. Oh no shit. Yeah. Just in Suncrest. Well, and it's kind of all over the place. Like yeah. Tahoe is seeing homes that are collapsing. They oh, have sure. parking structures in Mammoth that are 35, 40 years old that are falling apart. 
fuck. I mean, it's out of control. Yeah, yeah. that was a bunch of people died in Arrowhead Lake, right? Uh-huh. They got the 100 inches in a couple of days and they just kind of mm-hmm. got stuck in their house. Mm-hmm. Well, and when mm-hmm. I was at Whitney last week, we saw the road is closed from the bottom bottom. Like from the act, like you, you drive from Lone Pine yeah. up the road and then yeah. right when it starts going uphill, there's a gate there that's shut mm-hmm. that has never been shut ever. The wow. way it's shut now because a okay. hundred yards up the road is a full on landslide <laughs> that is covering the road. And for like every 200 meters all the way up to the portal landslides oh, with boulders. Oh yeah. Oh man. Sweet. The size, the size of sofas. Yeah. So, oh uh, yeah. So what did you do at Whitney? So the goal there, well, a couple months ago, I got called by, um, Andrew Pouch, who is the CEO of protect the mm-hmm. company that I'm working for now. Okay. And he has climbed Whitney a number of times. Um, and then he, he was up there four or five years ago and he saw somebody up there with skis and he said to himself, man, it would be way nicer to ski down than have to fucking than walk. This. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> than this. Because if you're fast, you can walk down in five hours if yeah. you're like cooking. Yeah. And the snow's okay. Yeah. Um, and so he calls me and he's like, Hey, you ski pretty good. And like, you're really fit. Do you want to come do this? And you know, I'm, pretty dumb and so i'm like yeah sure that sounds great and then i sort of forgot about it for like a month month and a half and he called me again and he goes yeah you you serious you want to come up and do this with me the last weekend before the lottery um they have a lottery for hiking up oh yeah uh, post winter and i was like hell yeah let's go do this like it's an insane snow year we might be able to ski it top to bottom like this is for real yeah like Like it might not happen for a decade top to bottom i mean i don't know when that last happened i i I honestly don't know yeah Um, how how high is whitney Fourteen thousand five hundred and five. well okay yeah yeah it's fourteen thousand five hundred and five. um is like the top of the rock that's up there i guess you could stand on top of the shack and right make it 1420 (laughs) if you really wanted to (laughs) but um but yeah it's fourteen and a half thousand feet okay it's the tallest peak in the lower 48 yeah um and it's skiable from the very top to the very bottom now you you have to take your skis off at the notch because mm-hmm. there isn't snow coverage there and there's kind of some boulders in the yeah. way little, i guess you could little wind action you, you could leave your skis on like an asshole and like walk across like if you really wanted to just make that a thing but that's pretty yeah. dumb to do right um so you have to take them off for about 50 feet but oh. following the 50 feet you can ski the entire way to the portal road and then off the portal road no kidding which is absurd because that road's it uh, let me think about this. Six grand or something, I want to say. Yeah. Six thousand feet. So you, you essentially can ski uh, like 8,000 feet. Crazy. The vertical. In one run. Yes. Basically. Yeah. One-ish. One-ish. Sort of ish, yeah, yeah. Um, but you probably are really happy for that break. I'm taking it. Where? Like the notch. Yeah, the, the notch. Yeah, well, the, not, the notch is, is so you go from the top and then you uh, ski 400 feet. Oh, and, okay, and then, okay. you, then you ski the other okay. 8,000 <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're not quite ready for that break yet. Yeah, the, okay, break, no. the break comes an hour and a half later. Uh, yeah, I was which, just going to say 2,000 feet just straight it can, crushes yeah. you. So yeah. he made that suggestion and um, he said he was going to bring a buddy of his along who's done some Ironman, like full Ironmans mm-hmm. and... Uh, but the guy has a little bit of issue with altitude. Mm-hmm. He had to bail last year based on altitude. They got to uh, lower Boy Scout or upper okay. Boy Scout, sorry, which is at um, 11,000 feet just about. And he had to turn around. Uh, that t- 
Thomas did yeah. because he was having like real bad GI issues, like stomach, okay. stomach yeah, cramps yeah. and felt sick. Sickness, and yeah. he doesn't get terrible headaches, but yeah. every, everybody gets affected by altitude at Somewhere. different spots yeah. differently. Yep. Um, everybody's different. Yeah. I am exceptionally lucky in I've never really encountered anything except like slight tension headaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only time I had it, I got pretty nauseous when I first did the Tetons. Yeah. But I was little, little. I was only mad because I couldn't eat my handy snack. And some of it's <laughs> metabolic, like, you know, what you're eating, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's all sorts of reasons behind it. Yeah. But, but last time we were in Cusco, I was fine. I didn't yeah. feel anything. So and anything, that's much higher. Like, yeah. To, uh, what is Cusco? It's like <clears throat> 13,000 or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's up there. It might even. I can't remember. I'm going to get it wrong, but it's high enough that the like hotel pumps oxygen into your room, Perfect. which is well, not if you, helpful. If you, if you pay the, no, it's the, not helpful. Bump. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you just like dirt bagging it and, you know, get in the cheap room. Yeah. Yeah. And then it depends on your hotel. Yeah. But then you <laughs> just get the, get the coquina leaves. Cocaina. <laughs> that did actually, we made that mistake when we first got there. The Bolivian marching powder. No, well, we like had these rolls and they had uh, coca leaves on them. On them, um, yeah, yeah, and we we're like, oh, these rolls are so good. And then we didn't sleep for two days. Yeah. <laughs> these rolls are so good. I need twelve of them. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cocoa leaves. Got to you. Got to mix that up with a little uh, charcoal powder too. I think though. Yeah, some. I think so. Yeah. What, what's the other one? It starts with M. M- Mumba or something is the other leaf that they mm. mix. It's kind of minty tasting, and that those two blended help take care of altitude sickness it works really well well yeah yeah helps helps take care of sleep too (laughs) you don't have to sleep no altitude sickness it's amazing i want to get a job as a miner (laughs) i want to start producing some rocks selling this in the u.s is a good product yeah maybe we could put it in a drink could refine it (laughs) a carbonated beverage you know with some caramel color kind of thing that makes people feel like they're drinking maybe some I don't know, sugar maple syrup and shit <laughs> yeah put two addictive that would never work in there. that would never be successful never no, i mean it actually it'd be successful until you got caught <laughs> or laws changed retroactively yeah you know just like it was legal for 10 years and then suddenly overnight there somebody some administrative agency wrote a new rule and it became illegal overnight I mean, that oh never, no no that never happens it, it would they would give you a 120-day period with which to get, you know, sell all of your inventory or deal with your shit. But after that, you're a fucking felon. Yeah. God, I can't believe they are. Coca-Cola actually survived that. Well, yeah. not only did that, they survive it, but they now have a legal loophole. They're the largest importer of coca leaves in the world. Yeah. They import coca leaves still to get the coca taste. Did you know that? No. Yeah, I did not. It's like a $2 billion, like, import every year they import coca leaves they pull the coca flavor out of it and i don't know what the fuck they do with the cocaine but it goes in the trash somewhere but they literally they are the only ones that they import it that that was kind of a push me pull you we lobby our politicians (laughs) better than (laughs) whoever uh, whoever said that yeah Yeah, you can't buy happiness or whatever (laughs) they can buy kind of whatever the fuck they want whatever they want yeah. That is insanity. Wow. I mean, they manipulated studies on sugary beverages for, you know, 40 years, so that's cool too. Yeah. Well, when you got that kind of <laughs> that kind of uh budget as well as being fueled by the imports. Yeah. I can't remember <laughs> that you chew every morning at your focus group meeting. <laughs> there's numbers that go with how much aluminum they consume and it's kind of fucking crazy, but I don't it's like 90% of the world's aluminum goes to Coca-Cola or something. Yeah, but ridiculous. you should buy an electric car. Yeah, right. I mean, or, I mean, you did. 
I did. Yeah, I can't. No? Can't get there. Really? Philosophically, I'm opposed. That makes sense. Same. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, because I think it's um, it's an aim at it. You know, it's climate. I think it's a net zero. Well, I don't. I don't give a fuck about that part. It's. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, like, I don't either. And I don't like, like, <laughs> <laughs> that. I mean, yeah. I guess I just said it, so I'm going to own it. Um, but that's not the thing that, that that bothers me. The thing that bothers me is the control. Is the is mm-hmm. the is the uh, it, it is uh, a restriction of freedom because you. You can't buy them very, you know. You can't drive them very far. There's, a, there's a, a, there's a range limit. B, you can't carry the equivalent of twenty gallons of gas if you want to go to a place where there is no gas, like sure, the desert, yeah. and come back. There's no battery equivalent to that. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, uh, there, uh, uh, all charging stations will be digital only. And so there's a fucking record of wherever you drive and how long you spend there. And then you'll have these charging stations and there'll be a sort of the people who own the charging stations will, I believe, um, and this is not a conspiracy until it's proven. Well, no, this is a conspiracy theory until it's proven not. And that's going to be in about five years um, <laughs> where the Chamber of Commerce will get in bed with the people who are providing the charging stations and they'll put them in places that will benefit the businesses that the people <coughs> who happen to, you know, oh, be members of the chamber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll do that. And then if you if if you're willing to accept that thesis, then you're willing to accept the idea that they will throttle the charge so that you stay uh, in the place where you'll be spending money at their local retail or restaurant establishments for longer. And they're kind of already doing that. Like, yeah, that's already you, you don't have like the speed charging everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I got into I mean, so my so it's no longer a conspiracy theory. But no, all, it's not the at only all. conspiracy th- a part of it would be that it was thought of and directed. Yeah, I think uh, so. As, as, as a I, thing, but I think it's a, I think it's manipu- psychological manipulation and an ab- a, a severe restriction on mobility and freedom, and so I oppose yeah. it. I I gave into it because I really understood quickly how much the miners are suffering that are getting the cobalt, and I was like, I want to support that. You want to support more <laughs> suffering, yeah, especially if they're kids. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, kids need to learn to suffer to become viable adults. Yeah, you want to be useful in society, you got to suffer as a child. It's part of my Buddhist children. beliefs. Life is and, suffering. Exactly. And if you pay them in cigarettes, Marlboros, for example, <laughs> uh, you know, then you're developing another market for <laughs> other large companies who make pharmaceuticals. I mean, as, as much as I like my uh, my electric vehicle, it's like we kind of still have to have a gas vehicle just in case. Oh, yeah. Like you know, my paranoia still leaves me. And I... To be fair, it's it's still financially worth it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like okay. The uh, we would have uh, our gas to like drive to the office every day, yeah. which would commute in about fifty miles a day, would end up being about seven hundred and twenty dollars a month. Okay, and the electric charge? Do you have eyes on it? Hundred bucks a month. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense, and especially if you can. I was there was some time recently, and I was thinking about uh, like fuck, Michael. Michael, he listens to a lot of podcasts. He reads a lot of books. I'm like, how, how does he find the time to do this? And it's like, if your car drives him to work automatically, yeah. you get a lot of shit done. Yeah. Damn right. It's <laughs> <laughs> 100% true. Try to get all the emails done on the way to work. So what if you leave the driver's seat and get him back to nap while it's you on can't, autopilot? You, you can't. To, you got to yeah, be in you, there? Yeah, you got to be. Get like a little cable around your wrist or something? I wish it was that. You, you got to have, have like one hand, hand on the steering wheel. You on could put a weight. Wheel. Yeah, you could put a weight on it. Okay. Right? And it, you could like leave it. But uh, in put fact, I think Misty somebody did Bravo that. With put no, the doll no, in the driver's seat. No top on in the driver's seat. I think that would work. I mean, it's 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 legitimately saved me a lot of time. Funny enough, yeah, and uh, especially because you can. This sounds really bad. I probably shouldn't. You can drowsy. 
<laughs> because it's autopilot. Disobey the blue and white signs? Yeah, kind of. Tell you about the just, risks of yeah. drowsy driving? I mean, but they're not talking about a Tesla. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's not referencing me. Yeah. I mean, when I drove back from Montana, it was like, yeah. I was pretty tired. Yeah. And I was like, I, I feel safe. And I would like, kind of like nod and then I'd be okay. And then I would like, kind of nod off. I'd be okay. Is there like an alarm when they know that you're you're face down on the steering yeah, yeah. wheel? Yeah. It like kind of vibrates and wakes yeah. you up or something? Yeah, it, it'll for sure like, it'll beep. Oh, it'll do something. Yeah. Do you know what? This shit. is how. That's wild. Okay, this is even weirder. Speaking of like conspiracies, because I don't know how they do it yet. So your phone is your key for yeah. your car, right? So it's obviously Bluetooth interconnected or whatever. And you have a charger for your phone mm-hmm. in, the, in the little charging port. Yeah. So I don't know how it works, but if I'm driving with one hand, and I pick up my phone yeah. and I look at it, it beeps at me like I'm not paying attention. Yeah, but you're just multi I was watching a guy driving today while he, while he was looking at something on the screen and it took me back to something I wrote about six months ago in my notes one night when I couldn't sleep, mm-hmm. which was like, you know, two things at once? You can't even do one thing at once. <laughs> <laughs> here's, what's, here's what's weird about it though. If I don't, have that and i just have one hit it doesn't beep him it knows when i'm looking at my phone at your phone yeah see that's disturbing that's really weird and i figure at any one point they could shut the car off and pull me off. like there's well, lots of optics th- th- there's on all it that kinds of weird. stuff yeah. that that makes me yeah. just like cringe yeah, a little, I want a little part bit, of that you know i don't know yeah, i want like a pre-electronic i just remember like what were the recommended vehicles pre-y2k you know like right mm. when it was going to happen yeah. and everything was going to there's a guy like an emp <laughs> goes off and you know by a 79 land cruiser d- d- yeah i was gonna say d- exactly defender, defender six 90. bangers gonna yeah. last forever or you know an, uh, or an early suburban yeah. or you know yeah. or you know whatever um who was it d- george kennedy and uh omega man didn't he have a like a uh, some kind of Ram charger or something, maybe. Yeah, like a Chevy Stepsider. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something carbureted, something good and carbureted. Yeah, something good and carbureted with zero electronics except for the battery. It's got yeah, 107 yeah. parts. Yeah, yeah. Defender 90 you can basically fix at Home Depot with like, yeah. you know, yeah. tubing. Dude, and I, mean, duct tape. I saw a, uh, I saw somebody talking about this kind of thing. Not one of the rebuilt and, ones where they <clears> no, put no. a Tesla engine. And they in. they had like a, <laughs> they had like a 60 series uh, Land Cruiser. Yeah. And they're like, look at this shit. Like a 60 series Land Cruiser used to come with a, a diagnostic like printout on how to deal with your own electronics. Mm-hmm. And now a Land Cruiser comes with a don't drink your motor oil warning. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a little different. We're don't, selling to different people now. Yeah, Trevor, don't do Tide Pod <laughs> contest in this vehicle and try and blame us. We're so much smarter than we used to be. Okay. <laughs> well, that is an issue. Like, you know, like almost all information is kind of outsourced. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I mean, the first, almost oh, yeah, every car that I had, I had like a huge manual, manual. that told me yeah. every single piece of it so you could figure out what was going on. Now you got a QR code that. Takes you to the marketing department. (laughs) (laughs) Outsource to uh, another country. It appears you're looking for a new vehicle. I'm like, no, I... Something's just kind of hinky with this one. Yeah. (laughs) That is kind of... Yeah, but you can see it, like, I could see it at the top of Whitney. Yeah. Um, Good way way to bring us back. I was trying to figure out how to get back. It's okay, I looped us in. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so you can see the the difference in how people are being handheld through life. Mm Mm-hmm. As opposed to just doing it yourself. Yeah. So um, we got up the top of the main chute. Uh, and I'll loop back to the, the rest of how we got there. But it was this specifically is like kind of what 
made this so apparent. Like, oh man, there we are bridging. There's a, a large gap that isn't being bridged between people that want to do shit themselves and mm-hmm. everybody else that's being handheld through life. I <laughs> I got up to the notch, and I was wearing a long sleeve t-shirt, a uh, hat, sunglasses, and my skis on my back, and like an ice axe in one hand and a ski pole in the other. Yeah. Just the, you know, the standard way you get Fair up, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and um, there's a group of 11 being guided down and they're all wearing parkas and, you know, 6,000 meter boots and crampons and uh, they all have a, a real tall, like the tall PLAs. Yeah. Nineties. Yeah. The yeah. nine like the big, like walking stick ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just like, dude, there's a thing they call a ski pole. Yeah. And it's a little bit oh longer. And yeah, but it was funny. Not, yeah. It was funny because I see them all and they're all roped up. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I mean, for semi good reason, liability, whatever, but they're moving as slow as molasses, and which I, is I, why I, they have to wear all the shit. Exactly. But also when they wear all the shit, they also have to move that slow. It's like a two way. It, it was yeah. hilarious. So street. like <laughs> I get up to the guide and I'm like, Hey man, can I go around? Is it? And he's like, wait, is, is it one? Is the ratio one to 10? No, there was okay. three guides. Okay, good. Because so there was because right there, I'm I'm gonna report them. There might have been four. <laughs> there might have been okay. four. I think there was like a dude that was done who mm-hmm. belayed the first set. There was another guy that was like uh, bottom receiving, a, a top woman who was belaying, and then somebody else way up top that was gonna belay her. Whatever okay. the case. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, so, hey man, can I like come around you? Yeah. And he's like, he looks at me, and I'm wearing a shirt. Yeah. And my ski boots. Yeah. And he's like. Uh, I mean, yeah, we we don't want you to get in the way. I'm like, I I'm not I'm not, dude. I'm not gonna be long. Bro, I'm gonna go next to them. I won't get in the. I'm not going through your boot steps. Yeah. He's like, okay, and I got up to her, the woman who was belaying the last three, and she's like, yeah, you know, we just need to wait for you guys. And I like scooted up to the side and came up next to her. I'm like, it's fine. Just give us two minutes. Yeah, and these people looked like they were broken humans. Yeah, wearing parkas. As if they were at 6,000 meters. I'm like, oh yeah. what the fuck is going on here? Like, do you guys really need to handhold them this much? Or or do they think they need to be handheld that much? Or do you have a deal with the gear manufacturers <laughs> to get a fucking, you like, know, everybody was wearing, a little bump every time you sell somebody a parka oh, that's... God. Everybody was wearing Gravel crampons and nupsies. Yeah. Like, they, they were wearing $10,000 in gear. Oh, easy. Oh, yeah. That they didn't need. Yeah, sure. Like, you could be up there in hiking shoes at that, like in that, at that point in the season. I remember the first yeah. time I actually got to see that dichotomy personally was I think in 2000 when we went from 14 to the top of Denali one day yeah. and, and, and down as an acclimatization run you get up there and see the people who, you know, who have taken a long time, you know, that they don't have the fitness, the technical skill, they are being guided, et cetera, but moving that slow, you need all this clothing. And I'm like, we're up there in windbreakers and stretch woven pants. You're wearing nothing. <laughs> wearing nothing. Like what because, they wear to sleep. Yeah, exactly. And there are people in like down pants or one piece down suits or whatever, which it was cold. And if you were, you know, if you're not moving and it's you, 20 degrees, it's fucking cold. It's fucking cold. So they were legitimately wearing the right things to, um, for the microclimate that they were creating with their lack of ability. Yeah. Right. And, and, the, and that, uh, that they were so far over their heads and, and technology is so good that you can make up for a lack of experience and a lack of competence with that technology, with that gear mm-hmm. up to a certain point after that, you know, all bets are off, but yeah. I mean, you can, you can 
account for a lot of ignorance and uh, newbiness um, by spending ten thousand dollars easily, easy, and and that'll get you pretty fucking far. And you'll and the funny thing is, you'll think you're actually doing the thing. Yeah, and you'll think you're doing the thing until, and I'm I'm sure that's part of the hard part for the guiding operations or even the people on those trips to see somebody like yourself you know or you or 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 what i did which is i was like talking to the guide you know with a hand on an axe and like in my ski boots and crampons yeah like talking to her asking what what they're doing and how long they're taking and there's they're they're having the hardest time of their life and you're gonna put slippery shit on your feet (laughs) i'm gonna put planks on and go down and and, and go down which is like like that right there is just like like a, that's a that's a, a that's an exploding unicorn head too far for these people to Precisely wrap their shit was. around. Yeah, I mean it's kind of there's obviously. I mean, what other way is there going to be though? Oh, there's always going to be a. I mean, because the uh, impetus I mean, for like kind of all like the conditioning for all of our culture is to like make things as easy as possible, and and, to, and I think more so than in the past. The um, choosing the hack instead of the, you know, to shortcut the experience or to shortcut their way to a a perceived experience. I think that idea of hacking and shortcutting is way more prevalent now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, because people have made money off it. People have been able to sell people on the idea of efficiency and efficiency being equal to actual experience. This is the optimization of humanity. (laughs) <laughs> and it doesn't appear to be an optimal <laughs> optimal <laughs> it really i mean because we're, we're thinking unless this, you're an optimist right well we, we talk about it with like the stuff that we're doing we're literally just talking about kind of the same thing about you want people to get better like you generally want more people to get better so things get better like you want yeah. more capable human beings around you. you want them to be more educated i think that makes sense to everybody not that i agree with our education mm-hmm. system but at least it's like that's kind of the reason for it, right? The 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 more the higher average uh, intelligence, like generally, the better the the community culture is, society. They and, tend to benefit. And from I don't disagree that, that I think people are becoming more educated, but they're becoming more apt to avoid physical education and physical suffering. Right. It's it's very like, yeah. It's like, it's one dimensional. Like those yeah. eleven people had educated themselves into this corner mm-hmm. where the only way to go up Whitney for them, which is not a very big peak, yeah. nor is it that difficult yeah. at all, is to hire a guide, buy $10,000 worth of shit, and spend five days up there. Jesus Christ. That's not, see, I just think that... But, too, they, but they had but educated themselves. you can do it in a day, right, or something? Oh, yeah. There was, a, there was a kid that was there that had climbed a whole bunch of shit in Colorado, all the 14ers out there. Mm-hmm. And he was up at 1 a.m. at the portal and went up and down the same day. Yeah. Mm. It, it is not, none of this is impossible no. for anybody. It's just interesting to see the dichotomy between the two But I don't have time to, to get that. Yeah, but you need, actually, if you're competent, you need less time. Way less time. And, and you can have more fun. <laughs> like, and, you know, for instance, like. But you need you do need time. You do need yeah. some time to, to put, get to become competent yeah. in order to take advantage of short weather windows, or take advantage of your competency. Yeah, and what was example. interesting there is like um, like Andrew on the way up. So I'll back up to like what we did. Yeah. So we we uh, we started the night we started the night uh, Thursday mm-hmm. the twentieth and made it up to the portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I 
And came, this is, you're walking from the gate walking from through the gate. all the landslide shit. Yeah, walking yeah. from the gate through all the landslide stuff, up through the snow. Um, and I knew coming into that that they were both coming from sea level, that Thomas had a little bit of issues with altitudes. So I'm like, that's fine. So we, not, don't, we don't want to sleep too high. Yeah, we don't, like, we're just going to take our time, get in every place. Um, got up the portal, had a good night's sleep. Next day, we're like, hey, let's wake up early. We'll we'll come, we'll get up at you know four ish, four thirty. We'll we'll give it a shot. Yeah. If we get up to the summit that day, that's awesome. If somebody's feeling weird, we'll just turn around and we'll camp at Iceberg, which is at like twelve two ish, okay. just below Iceberg is at like yeah. twelve twelve thousand two hundred. We get up there, they're stoked. It's like one p.m. Took our time ish. I mm-hmm. mean, we didn't go fast, but we didn't go super slow. Um, but I wasn't stoked on how they looked. Yeah. They were stoked. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, are you guys feeling like a little bit of headache or anything? They're like, I don't know. I mean, start you know, asking like the leading questions. I start, I start asking all the leading questions so that you um, get them to make the decision for mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that's a proper guide. The way I made them make the decision for themselves is I'm like, Hey, let's take like a 30 minute break. We'll have some food at iceberg, which is like 12,600. Yeah. Knowing we had about 2000 more feet to go. Um, and I'm like, you know, and it's, you, and it's one, one ish. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think it was like 1230. Okay. Um, um yeah. which means the break's going to go to one. So it would t- whatever, it yeah. would be very late for us to get off the summit, but we would just camp that night. It's, right. That's fine. So I was doing the guide thing. I'm yeah. like asking leading questions. And then I really gave him like a leading thing, which was, Hey, while you guys are like having some food, if you want to come with me, that's cool. But I'm going to like hike halfway up the main chute and yeah. I, I want to ski some corn right now. Yeah. So I just grabbed my skis and like went for a walk. Well, they didn't want to go. And when I got my turns done, yeah, they're like, yeah, I know. Like, I think it is a good idea. We let's turn around and, and camp, which I, I was fantastic. Perfect. Good idea. Then we got back to where we were going to camp, which is at like 12 one. And, um, they both are like, man, I feel like shit. I'm like, I kind of knew it. But I'm glad you guys are saying I mean, sometimes it. you're going so fast that the altitude sickness takes some time to catch up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a little slower in the skin track. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And they, they got, you know, we, we set up camp and they slept better that night. And then we yeah. woke up at a reasonable time. It was like seven. Nice. And made it up at 1230 or one. It was a little slower than I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and they made a very good choice to leave their stuff at the top of the notch. Yeah. And not uh, take it up with them. Because the top there is for real. It's legitimate skiing, and yeah. if you fall, you die. Mm. Like, there is no... You say, like, 48, 49... 48, 49 degrees. Somewhere, yeah. Um, for real, bulletproof. Uh, yeah. So it would be like skiing. Underneath, yeah. It would be like skiing. It wasn't ice, because yeah. it's a, it's true north-facing, yep. so it doesn't really get enough sun to ice up. Um, but it is... It's like skiing on carpet, like, mm. at 49 degrees. Like, yeah. it, you, you can catch an edge. Yeah. And that's about it. That's all you're getting. Like you're scraping the top layer off. Yeah. Crazy. I think I made three turns. Oh, really? Yeah. And in 400 feet. Yeah. That's been mocking out. But, uh, I wasn't going downhill. It was like slippy slidey. Like, yeah. So it was like, got it. You said I made three turns and I'm like, damn. No, no. You had your, no, it you was, had your 223s underfoot and you were just like, nope. It was like, yeah. Hop turn. Yeah. Yeah. Hop turn. Got it. Uh, and then one more down at the bottom and they those guys uh, once we made the summit they thomas was like i kind of feel sick i'm like you should probably start going down 
Yeah. Uh, like this yeah. is this isn't going to get better. Yeah, don't hang out. <laughs> um, have a snack. This like, you need calories. I, and I was telling them like have some water, have some food as we were yeah. going. I was stopping them and kind of feeding them. You um, still got that honey bear in your pack? Yeah, squirt half of them in your mouth. <laughs> nom 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 nom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so right as I came over the lip from the top, they were watching me come over the lip. Yeah. And once they finally got down, um, did they to the notch? Did they side slip down or boot down? They booted down. Okay. Um, it was funny. They were both like, yeah, we're really glad because we saw you go and we're like, yeah, fuck off. No fuck way. off. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. Cause like, have you, if you haven't ever skied something that steep it's fucking or ter- steeper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like you can't put your feet together. Like it's, yeah, it's, you're steep. It's yeah. steeper than stairs. It's fucking steep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uphill ski or knee is not, quite in your face at 49 but it's, it's quite it's like in it's, your chest yeah like your yeah. ribs yeah but um i was glad i did it because i wanted to do it yeah, yeah um it's within my ability um i'm happy that i did that but it was it, it was fun to do and then when i got done it's fun um, to not do again i mean i might do it again <laughs> you know to try and do it better yeah how was this yeah. stuff below the notch it was okay, oh, okay. um and that was it's still big mountain skiing, you it's know. Still, it's just it's, like, and if you it's have alpine skiing, and if you have eight thousand feet of descent, there's shit that's gonna be fun. You'll go through a lot of seasons on the way oh, yeah. down. It was hard of, pack, and then yeah. refreeze with corn, and uh, then corn, and then corn and mashed potatoes, and then mashed potatoes, and, and then, then like bottomless slushy. <laughs> yeah, goo. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely interesting. The team dynamic is interesting, especially when you're the one you know who's trying to be helpful and guiding and like I carried the rope and the tent and the the pickets and Mm -hmm. like all the shit, which I, I'm not patting myself on the back. Like I knew that was going to be my role. Like I was the youngest, the fittest, the most acclimatized. I was more than happy to do that because I was able to facilitate them. Yeah. I bet with something really cool. That many days up high here, you're pretty good for, I didn't feel shit. Yeah. Like you get a little more out of breath quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's about it. Like my recovery was right away. Like, Resting heart rate was fine. Like I wasn't getting above 140, 150. Nice. Like I was, I was good. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is like the stuff we do here. Yeah. Yeah. As well as all the ski touring has yeah. all contributed to me being able to do that. Um, but it was definitely interesting to see the difference in the stuff we do here. You mean at the space as part the, of the space program? Less space. <laughs> yes. Which you should purchase. Check out this marketing, Michael. <laughs> you guys I'm are, on it. You, you guys are crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> we just need a jingle to go along with it. But uh, I definitely forgot some things like um, where to put sunscreen and what not to wipe sunscreen <laughs> off of. Um, my lips are scorched and the uh, underside of my nose is um, sunburnt. Oh, because the reflection of the snow. Yeah. yeah. Toaster oven. Nice. Yep. Super good. Man, it was bluebird the entire time. So oh, fuck. fuck. That's, that's a Man, spring in the Sierras, that's a, I mean, to have three days like that of just like. I know. Perfect high pressure. Perfect. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, that hurt. But I mean, had I been there alone, I wouldn't have got so raccooned. Sure. I mean, it, yeah, speed thing. It's all give and take. Yeah. You know, um, the, the, the thing about going with those guys and taking the time that we did, I got to ski that and I felt fresh as fuck. Yeah. Like we got done and I was just like diddy bopping around the road. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm kind of crushed. I'm like, yeah, me too. How long, how long did it take you to get down? Uh, two hours, hour and a half. Oh, really? Maybe. I think I could have got down in like 45 minutes. Yeah. 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 
Um, we were stopping every once in a while because, uh, I mean, they were smoked. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they were smoked, you know. From the hike up, yeah. Like, do you expect people to be... Especially to come from sea level and go to 14.5. Exactly. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and they haven't spent 80 days on skis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, so the legs are a little bit wobbly. Legs are wobbly by the end of it. It's a lot yeah. of skiing. You know, it's a lot of like, it does ski, no matter how conditioned you are, like skiing, snowboarding, your, your first couple outings are kind of like a wake up call. Yeah, you kick in the face yeah. like, and you, your don't, feet hurt. It's weird shit. Yeah. 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 Your feet. And are part, it's yeah. like bit long contraction times. Yeah. Like everything here, it's like short contraction, mm-hmm. yeah. move, short contraction, you know, move. Yeah. And there you're just absorbing. It's yeah. a 10% oh, oh, flex oh, oh, oh. for four hours. Yeah. Good luck. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I want you to hold an air squat. No, not that much. Uh, like still a, not that an eighth, much. An eighth I'll be back. Yeah. I'm going to go watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's, that's what it is. You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, it's a, it is like a slow burn. <laughs> it's a terrible slow burn. Oh, man. Man. <laughs> and it's crazy. so fucking beautiful. Like you're there oh, and you're gorgeous. looking, you're essentially looking down into Death Valley. Like, yeah, you're, oh, you're yeah. looking down 15,000 feet. Yeah. Or more. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's Cause you further. Can see, isn't because there's a thing, right? You go, you can do that. Bad water mm-hmm. to yeah. Whitney mm-hmm. Summit, and back. Is it? Do you have to go back too? But it's 135 no. miles so, or something. So the bad water, they do 135. They finish yeah. the portal, and then there are some guys and gals that at the end they of that continue. they eat a sandwich and they go up to the top and yeah. back. Yeah. So they go from the lowest to the highest in the in the lower 48. Gross. Which is. Super cool. Yeah, that was that uh, that documentary that they did. Oh, about the guys. kids on bikes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they when they went up. Slept uh, in the porta potty or whatever. Yep. <laughs> I was, somehow I was thinking about that recently. Like, what was it? White Mountain or whatever, yeah. which is on yeah. the opposite side of the valley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and rode from, you know, I guess the lowest point to the highest point. And then you end up having to carry your bike a little bit at the yeah. end because it's so steep. But there is a road, in air quotes, yeah. up there. And yeah. That was a fucking badass trip. What is it? It was something. It's on the Canon. If you look it up, it's on the Cannondale. Uh, yeah, Cannondale web, website about three badass kids. <laughs> it was pretty terrible looking. I yeah. mean, it looked pretty fun, but also not fun. But also pretty terrible. Sleeping in an emergency blanket in a fucking outhouse. In an or outhouse, <laughs> or riding wearing an emergency blanket as a cape to keep the fucking sun off you. Oh yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, because it goes yeah. from scorching hot and that that's some other shit that those guys like that i was remembering as i was doing some of the stuff that they didn't know Mm. like they were boiling one afternoon and i was like put more clothes on like what i'm like it's just the uv like it's cold as shit outside like it's just uv radiation you guys are absorbing the sun yeah yeah. and they both put jackets on they're like oh man i'm colder like magic magic yeah it's magic it's not cross i'm not a wizard <laughs> i'm not a wizard and if you pull out your parasol yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll be even better It'd be pretty good oh man but it was that a fun trip cool. that yeah. sounds right re- i mean it sounds like a I, I won't say season ender you know but like a beautiful cap to it was an like awesome fucking great huge year. objective to do for the end of the year especially it being so good that i yeah. skied from the top to the portal. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Like I didn't, except for the notch, I didn't take my skis off. Yeah. <sighs> so you figure another 10 years before there's this, this cycle happens again, maybe unless there's a freak storm. Um, yeah. but man, what, like it was so cool for me to be, to be able to do that, to agree to do that with those guys, Yeah. to feel comfortable being in a position of like, I'm sort of their safety catch responsible. Yeah. yeah. I'm responsible. Mm. Having had so much time on skis under me, 
it was just perfect. Like it was a perfect time in like my age, fitness, yeah. health, yeah. everything yeah, to be able cool. to do it. It was really cool. And, and they're, so they're cool guys. Cool. Did it open up any like idea, like did the experience open up any kind of objectives that you haven't thought about before that would be similar? Like, and yeah. You know, and one Alaska of them, one of them I had been told about by a guy it's it's been done a number of times, but I I want to do it now. Like yeah, for are. sure, for sure, which is ski all three of the Tetons. Like the oh yeah, uh, yeah. Like that's been done in a day. Okay. Um, like it, there are some objectives that are out there that are they're just they're cool because they're hard, not because they're technically difficult. Or it's the the sum of the parts is more yeah than the parts themselves. Climb the Liberty Ridge and ski the Emmons. Yeah, like I mean, especially if you could, if it was a big year and you could get all the way to. The, Precisely. You know, there's some really cool shit that you can do that's like kind of weird and. Yeah. It just seems fun. It just seems fun to like, I I like doing hard shit. And that like every time I do something like that, it reminds me like, I do like, I do like to do suffery crap. These things. Like I I do like stuff that is shitty and that I, that my own, my entire focus is like crunch step, crunch step, crunch step. Like that's my entire existence. Like I don't. I'm able to black out during mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah, all I'm hearing is like ski pull, ski pull, foot, foot, ski pull, ski pull, foot, foot. Like I don't, I don't think about it. I, I don't know if it was the same for you when you were doing some of those objectives. Oh but yeah. You just, it's you, just like you're there and nothing else is occurring. Exactly. You be, you, abs, you become absolutely what you are doing in the moment. Yeah, and, it, and I think, also, you know, the last two times that I did Denali in 08 and 09 with Navy guys that, you know, we made them go on skis. Yeah. And you know, get take skis to 11. Those guys would cash them there. Mm. Some of us might have taken them higher, but you know, never skied off the top or anything. But, the, but and, and that's in, so that's, let's just say 15 years ago yeah. with ski boot and ski and binding technology at that time, yeah. which was way different. It's like Alpine boots now. Oh, yeah. Well, it was radical for the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Because of what Dinafit was doing in that in that space, um, and now there's so many more options. And to see, like, when we dropped the French kids off in Cantishna, as they're trying to go from there, drag all their shit up to the Peters, climb Denali, come back down, get over the range in another pass, get to the headwaters of the Yetna, pull their pack rafts out, yep. and float all the way to Anchorage badass <laughs> they're fucking badass but I that's mean, that's the kind of shit that like but that's also technologically possible now where it wasn't yeah. 15 years ago but, but that's what makes it so cool you know like now shit like, opens up like if you think adventure is over then there are some aspects yeah. of technological you know human powered technology and it reopens things like i mean for instance now you can reopen the possibility of ground trekking from say pretty low elevations to some of the 8,000 meter peaks with the gear that we have. And like, there are possibilities for people. And when you say reopen, you mean it won't take a, a year. Yeah, no, precisely. <laughs> no, now, now like you can have this two you, month, two month could. weather window yeah. or two month window of possibility. Like there are things that people can do now yeah. because of how light, how strong, how well engineered the gear is. Yeah that wasn't possible 30 years ago that that 100 years ago took a year it took a year and then and these these kids it it's was fucking it was cool fa- it's which was fascinating it's like people a lot of people who have 
maybe start on the north side, gone to the south side, mm-hmm. and you know, drop a cash somewhere along the way, so they don't have to start with everything. These guys were going for fifty days. They're like, there, we got it all, and they had it all. Mm-hmm. They're like entirely self-supported no for a fucking month and a half. That's fucking cool. Yeah, and that's that's the kind of thing that, like, when I was up there with those guys, that's the kind of shit I was thinking about. I'm like, oh yeah, I could do this from Lone Pine, totally unsupported. Yeah. Like, I could walk my fucking skis up here. Because my skis and my boots... Well, why wouldn't you use a bike well, if, the lads, if the landslides weren't there? I mean, just to walk. Just for the sake of just walking. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's... Because you could feasibly do it. You could No, and you, guys you were... Could, people rode bikes up there. Okay. They just picked them up and walked them over. You walked them over yeah. the thing. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I just, mean, I only have ever, like, ridden my bike on the, the yeah. east side of the Sierras, so, so just my point of reference. I just think but, that, like, foot travel would be cool. Yeah. To say, yeah. like, or to be able to, for personal. Well, you're still just young for man, myself. so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get this over with quicker. Yeah. I don't have much time. But it'd be, <laughs> it would be interesting to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. There's a lot of, like, weird, cool objectives that are like that. You know, I mean, like the, the picnic objective in, yeah. Oh, yeah, in yeah. Tetons, yeah. right? Well, there, yeah. there, there are multiple picnics. Yeah. But imagine, the Teton was the original, But I imagine believe. doing that in the wintertime. Oh, yeah. Like, there are ways to do it that are kind of interesting and weird. Swim. The <laughs> swim across Jenny Lake would be <laughs> legit. It yes, it, yes it would, but people swim in those but, kinds of temperatures, it's a, yeah. and it's t- and it and it's technologically it, yeah. possible. And you know what? A dry suit over your climbing clothes is probably lighter than carrying a fucking wetsuit. Almost certainly. Yeah, like there are things. In, I, and like, if who's the great? Who's the the like cutting edge dry suit company that uh, that would have been early two thousand? Like Bear. They they made me a, a Gore-Tex dry suit. Yeah. Um. For when I went to Cody, I've had two. Like, and it yeah. was it weighed fucking nothing. They, they do they do weigh nothing. They're basically yeah. It's just rain gear essentially. Like, to, had some my or uh, I've dove in many. Friend, okay, and I had some friends drop me off somewhere yeah. out of like a mile offshore in Flathead Lake, and yeah. and it had to be, it, you know, it was not warm to you know swim into like to test my shit, you know, pushing my dry bag and swimming to those little tiny fins and shit and. It, and yeah. wouldn't that be cool? Now that thinking about it, like cool. you're pulling an ultralight pack raft with your skis, yeah, with a pair of ultralight skis, you know, like those DPSs that I have, yeah, and your ultralight boots, and everything else is just like on you and or in that ultralight pack. Like yeah. this is there are things that are manageable, yeah, manageable, <laughs> the, v- versus enjoyable. Yes, I mean it would be enjoyable <laughs> at some point afterwards. Parts of it. Parts of it. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe during. Some parts during, for sure. But I think uh, a winter it, picnic. That's the kind of shit that like crazy. keys into my head. I'm yeah. Like, I like that. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, has has a winter picnic been done? I don't know, but Jenny Lake is low enough that it per- probably does not. You could ice skate free. it. It might not freeze. <laughs> and even if it does freeze, if you're wearing a dry suit, who fucking cares? Yeah. It's true. Well, I don't know. You'd care. You, but you'd care. It wouldn't, it, wouldn't yeah. be, it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> Again, we're back to not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some things are doable because they're doable, not because they're fun. That's yeah. true. And and I think with the experience, like, uh, you know, so, yeah, one of those French kids had done the fifth ascent of the Slovak, so that was 2013. And then, was it, I guess it was last year, um, some other kids uh, that spent... A kids little, being 40. No, no, kids. Like in their 20s. Yeah, yeah. late 20s, I'm guessing. Um, had repeated it and got it down to like 20 hours, 17 hours. Fuck off. Fucking crazy. Jesus. And um, <laughs> and so we're flying around the range the other day. I know and Matt Cornelli's in there and, yeah. and they had done a new route on Dickey, on the east face of Dickey in, uh, earlier in the month. 
and then his partners uh, Jackson and Alan they split, and then uh, he he went to Huntington by himself, and so. Uh, we were flying around the range from Kantishna. We flew to the Kachatnas to uh, do a pickup, um, just tag along kind of style. And we're flying out from the Kachatnas back to Talkeetna, and my phone buzzes in my pants. I'm like, all right, I'm in an airplane over the fucking Alaska range. I'm getting a text. I pull out my phone, and it's a text from Matt, who's standing on the top of Mount Huntington, mm-hmm. having just sold the West Face. I'm like, wait, he's got cell service on the top of Mount Huntington, 12,000, yep. whatever it is. And I'm in an airplane. And I'm just like, holy shit, technology is really changed, but also what you can do. Yeah. Like what you can absorb. And you say somebody does a new route on the East Face of Mount Dickey in April, uh, you know, 20 years ago. You're fucking smoked. Yeah. it's You're done. You're done for the season. And then... Um, and, but now he's just like, yeah, I wanted more. And I'm, and I'm trying to convince my, you know, my partners or one, at least one of them to come back up for doing something later because it looks like, you know, in a couple of days, there's going to be another cold snap. That means shit's holding in on the south faces. Do you have to go fitness, fitness. or teach fitness? Something. You make you be strict on those push ups with them. Chest to ground. Chest to ground. <laughs> Get more people to leave. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. You go a little bear. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. It's wild what's happening now just with the, it's, you know, so we say there's technological development, there's technical skill development, but there's also so much fucking experience that you know what you can recover from. Exactly. And where you didn't before. You know what you can recover from. You know what people can do. You know, yeah. there are numbers like, okay, cool. If I come down 4,000 feet and then rebound, yeah. then I can bounce right back up and do it instead of coming down 2,000 feet and I fuck myself. Yeah. Like, there's some shit out there that it's, it's really cool to think, okay, this is totally possible. Or like I was thinking about it, um, just cause I wanted to watch, I watched that like ridiculous Everest movie with Joan Hall and, uh, about the 96 disaster. Right. Oh, okay. And their, and their weather prediction was <laughs> great for the time. Yeah. For now that would be like, haha, funny, hilarious. So yeah. bad. It, we, yes. we have it down to the hour. Yeah. Now, like even stuff like that starts to matter where it's like, okay, cool. I can look at the weather patterns and sit here at this bivouac yeah. for 45 minutes instead of three hours yeah. knowing that I can make it to the next one. Right. Exactly. That, that I can take advantage of a, uh-huh. of a small window. A and tiny window. A tiny window. And there was, um, and that was interesting because I was texting uh, yesterday when I got home with Jack Tackle, who, you know, the, the route that... Um, Matt and Alan and Jackson did on the East Face of Dickey. He had tried with Jim Danini a fucking long time ago. They got yeah. a thousand feet up, had to bail. The kids who did the route this year found the you know their highest rappel anchor, number five, single number yeah. five stopper. Like they, they pulled found it. their shit. Right? They, yeah, they're like fuck. This is the high point on this route. You know, Hell yeah! From the the eight, you know late eighties yeah. or early nineties or whenever it was, and um and yeah. So, you know, Alan came down and fucking said, I'm going to mail it to you, Jack, because you might want to bet. You know, it's like it's been yeah. there for God knows fucking how long. But like for uh, things that were anyway. So Tackle had been providing weather forecasts for a couple of people in the range. Like mm-hmm. uh, Matt said he had been or, or in Sam Hennessy, I think also had been uh, talking with Jack about weather and like, hey, give us some for, you know, if you can give us some forecast because yeah. Jack is just tanning in Tucson. <laughs> Bastard. Um, and 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 helping him out, which which never happened. Like if I think of, um, you know, the, the 
we did in 88 when we were on Everest post monsoon and Barry and I were the last people there on the north side of the mountain. We did get a forecast somehow. And I don't remember how it happened, but they were basically predicting, hey, if you don't go now, the jet stream is going to drop and it'll be down for the winter. Yeah. So this is, you know, these this next high pressure. It's now it's or SOL. It's, it's now or you're going home. Yeah. And but that was the extent of it. It's just like, oh, we have an end date to our trip. Yeah. That's our weather forecast, <laughs> which is which is wild. And all of this is so cool to think about and see. And and it even comes to like, I didn't even think about it until just now when you're talking about this and like how how crazy it is to be in this modern specifically the last like 20 years worth of gear yeah weather fitness, and other technological all innovation. this other shit yeah. and communication because like if you're and, and this happened you know you borrowed when you spent the night in the range um and uh you know you got somebody loaned me a colby coombs from alaska mountaineering school gave us a sat phone he's like yeah just call you know when you need to get Whatever. picked up they'll come in and fucking lower you know upper roof there's not a yeah, satellites are further south, you know, like, yeah, you got to be pretty high down in the bottom. It's not going to work. But um, and, and back in the day, and then I was thinking about a route or a trip we did in 85 where my partner fell and broke his ankle and we were up in the West Fork and we sat in the, after I got him down to the tent or we got each other down to the tent um, and we spent two days waiting. No radio content It's fucking CB radio because it's line you, of sight only and short distance at yeah. that. And so no planes were coming over, and I had to ski down the West Fork of the Ruth to the mountain house. Yeah, and it's like, look, either you're to, gonna wait here till April 10th when your pickup is exactly, or I'm I'm gonna ski out and try yeah. and fucking get a phone call off. And yeah, exactly, maybe, or or, or I'm gonna a ski radio. out and wait for a plane to land at this common landing zone because we're in a a point that yeah. not a lot of people visit at that time. And now you fucking in reach. Oh man, you're. I mean, the cell the satellite phones still drop a lot of calls. So if it's an emergency situation, some guys think the in reach is better because I think they're better sure communication. Yeah, even if it's you know by text. But um, but there you 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 can get the weather forecast. You can you know that you can reach out. You know help should help be needed. Yeah. Tell loved ones you're okay if you're two days overdue. You know, like, or they'll look at it and they're going, well, the, the thing is still moving, so yep. they're not dead. You know, yeah. what a relief on all fronts. It's wild. And, and that, and and that it gives liberates. People, it liberates your mental space. It means you don't have to go at just 70% of mm-hmm. your ability. You can, like, push it. You can give 80 or 90. Yeah. If you want. If you want. I, which. I'm not encouraging it, folks. No. You should all stay home. Which circles back to shit like. At the end of the, um, at the end of that trip, we got off the snowpack. Yeah, like right at the road. Uh-huh. Literally, like we were on asphalt. Like I, <laughs> Fuck it I mean, I, I played the I, I played the goofball asshole move. I'm like, I went to the asphalt and then stood on the asphalt. I'm like, I got all the skiing in. Yeah, like I, I did. I did I, all I, of it. Every I, inch. Every I skied every inch. <laughs> got off and then um, there was a, a couple there that had bailed somewhere around Iceberg because um, one of them started feeling sick. Yeah, and it, I'm thinking about it now, and it's kind of talks about that how cool and good the gear is as well as the fitness and everything else because she's like um what'd you guys do because i had a rope on my back yeah she's like did you guys like climb the east buttress and then ski down (laughs) nice would have been fully within like had i been with somebody who could have done it like yeah Yeah. jeff and i could have climbed climbed the east buttress and and come down yeah and then i was thinking about it i was like man that'd be actually i think i'm gonna try and find somebody like that'd be really cool to climb the east buttress and then ski down like i wonder if anybody's done that but that's also a wild question it's for her to ask because it just means her mind is open to a lot of possibilities exactly that is not a question somebody would have asked 25 years ago 
Like, w- would somebody have asked if a person had skied, had skied down after climbing the East Buttress twenty yeah. years ago? No, no, that would have been you would have been on high on crack. Yeah, like, haha, that's hilarious. And, some, and that's one of the people possible. would have been wearing Telemark boots, and that would have been impossible. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to carry those twenty five pound boots up there. <laughs> but then I that immediately made me think, like, maybe that's something I would do. Yeah, like that could be cool. That would be a cool objective. That's interesting. It's technical. It's not scary because we're only going to 14,000 feet. Like yeah. we're not going to have some weird fucking psychotic above 6,000 meter shit yeah. happening to shit us. Happening. <laughs> exactly. Like all of a sudden I'm not going to get hit by a blizzard. Yeah. That's going to kill us. Yeah. You know? And if I do. It might just be shitty. It was because I didn't, you know. Check the weather I, I on I my phone that I had service on. Yeah, exactly. That I had service on. I was. Insane. Yeah, to get this, yeah, to get this text in the middle of the Alaska rains when communication just used to not be possible. Or, oh yeah, or I called Arlette when, from Iceberg. Nice, because I was like, I have service. Let me give it a shot. Yeah, holy shit. We were talking, you know, kind of old home week this last week, and visiting with some people, and 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 specifically with uh, Daryl Miller, who was the climbing ranger and eventually chief ranger at South District of Denali. Um, and this one year, we rescued some guys up from pretty high, i.e. 19.3. I remember, <laughs> I've read that story. It, yeah. Or I've heard and, it from you too, but yeah. And uh, and the only reason that anybody knew those Spaniards were in trouble, so they had non-compliant communication device. Perfect. So in the park at the time, it was CB radios for yeah. everybody. So they came yeah. from Europe, so they had a little VH, you know, little FM, yeah. um, which is what we all used in the Alps because they fucking work. And, yep. and frequencies aren't stepped on like the arcade. Channels one through nine don't work everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And so they had been calling for help for a while, and some ham radio operator north of Fairbanks picks it up. Picks it up. Eventually, calls the park and goes, "Hey, I think you have a problem." And they're like, "What?" And they're like, "What the fuck?" And he goes, "Look, I don't speak whatever these people speak. <laughs> Let me put them on, <laughs> but they don't sound like they're calling for a dinner reservation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like sounds a little panicky. Sounds a little panicky, and uh, and 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 so that's how that whole operation to rescue those kids started. Was but and but now uh, from where they were, you probably have cell service, and if you don't, because you definitely have radio, you and in reach, and all the other all the ability other stuff. Yeah." And Which, I, I think that that's, it's a, it's a weird nerfing in a way also for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Like those guided clients, right? Like they might've had like a weird background noise fear of being roped up and going up that not really steep for being roped up yeah. spot and coming down. Yeah. But they also have this like foam covered nerfing well i'm getting my hand held so there's definitely not anything bad that's going to happen if it's whereas for me if it's available for me as an inexperienced climber then it must be safe-ish it's safe safe safe-ish as opposed to like i was fucking terrified that somebody was gonna get hit by a rock or like yeah it's spring stuff's falling apart like yeah there's sun hitting these rocks for four days. Like there's something up there that's coming down. Like, and all it takes is for, let's just say the guy to get hit by a falling rock and falls, drags two with him. Mm-hmm. And pick it, pick then it comes out for any reason, for any reason. And then the entire slope beneath him gets flossed, uh-huh. dragging everybody else off, which has 
not never happened. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so it's interesting that the people that are that have access to a lot of things, and I, I think about that stuff when I'm doing these types of yeah. activities, there, the gap seems to be growing where there's people that are being given access to stuff or the ability to access, and they think it's much safer. And then the people that are doing the things at a slightly higher or in some instances very high, like those guys climbing, you know, doing first ascents in, yeah. in the Denali range, doing things or faster, yeah. you know, repeats, they have an understanding of the dangers in a way that is far and away even greater than maybe guys 30, 40, 50 years ago did. Oh, yeah. Because they've seen the accidents. They know the possibility. They know what razor's edge they're operating on. Yeah. It's and it's impressive to for them. For them. And it's, but they're also more afraid than, far more afraid than. Because the, they've watched all the movies of exactly. the various tragedies and, and everything. Like that was part of their research was to learn how to. And it's a weird thing because you have this idea of nerfing it that makes it safe. So it's accessible for you regardless of your competence. Or skill level. Um, but you're going to come back after the fact and then show all the tragedy videos. Oh, yeah. And say that I did this. I did the thing. I did the thing. Right. So it's like on the one hand, it's being made foam proofed accessible for you but you're going to come back and tell the story as if it wasn't and it and it's interesting because to see. of all the bad shit that's happened, you know and, and and it's like this is a human condition and i used to be really mad about it but it just is it just is and and i could see it when i finished skiing down um because i was waiting for those guys to get their stuff down and i'm like i'm just gonna like yeah it's starting to refreeze i want to ski corn like you guys are on your own like you're gonna like, you're competent me being up here is not, it's not gonna yeah. fix you so I'm, yeah. I'm gone so i left and that guided group was down there yeah on the off the apron and so i skied right up to him yeah <laughs> and you could see the minor disappointment in the guides faces sure because the story that they were telling the clients has been fundamentally changed. A hundred percent. By the presence of a, 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 yeah. By the presence of a retard. Yeah. Because I skied down wearing, you know, my climbing helmet that I took off and then sat down, like stuck my skis in the ground and made a lawn chair. Yeah. Because I wanted to watch my friend ski down. That's not a retard. Well, no. you know what I mean. Yeah, like I, I do. I, I do. looked like a goofball <laughs> you, and, they, yeah. and they were trying to teach their clients how to take snow out of their crampons. And I'm like, it's spring. The snow is not going to ball up. What are, what are you talking about? Yeah. Just let's, anyways. Yeah. But there is a fundamental storyline that they're trying to manufacture for people because yeah. there's people that are. It is no. It's it's no dig on them that they they want to have a cool thing that they did. Yeah. But I think that I think people should really have an honest thing that they did, not just a cool thing like. Yeah. Just because you because you went up and down Everest on O2 all the way yeah. and were handheld, that's great. You did that thing. That's the thing you did. But don't equate it to what to what Meshner did off O2 alone on the North Face. Like it you didn't do the same thing. You're, yeah. you're not even in the same dimension. In 1981, I think. And and, and astronomical and, difference. And there's the and there's the thing. Why isn't what we do enough? Exactly. It should be like for some of those people, that's the hardest thing they're ever going to do physically do. Yeah. That's fantastic because guess what, what they did, if that's the hardest thing physically that they're ever going to do, that is a bigger key point for their life than me skiing down. That is. Yeah. Which is really cool to be near. Oh yeah. I got to be near somebody. 
that did something that they're, something they're never going to be on top of. That, and, and, I, and I wasn't. And it may transform them. Precisely. That yeah. might change their life, their kid's life, their friend's life. I would, I'm, I'm always encouraging people to absorb the action yes. and the experience for what it actually is to them because we're all only living our own path. Yeah. And it's so fucking cool to see people that are able to be self-aware enough to see that. Like I, I was so let's, okay, happy. Let's for, say for so. It was a party of eleven, and yeah. there are four guys. So there are seven clients, or yeah. three guys, and let's go eight clients because yeah, I yeah. like that number better. Um, <laughs> just because it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of those eight, mm-hmm. let's just you know be as optimistic as, as or as cynical as you want. How many of them um, preserve? would you predict would preserve the honest experience that happened in their own lives and communicating it to friends or sharing it with friends um, versus the number who will, you know, who will embellish to a degree, to a degree so that um, their egos are more satisfied. One. That would be my number. One or zero. I'm, I'm torn between one and zero. And and that has to do with, physically seeing that group yeah okay. how, how they're interacting and what the guides were talking about which was just... mostly pictures and that kind yeah. of like ability to show people what they did what they did here not and they get not, us... not talking about what they did yeah right there that's a and and to it this is fascinating and disappointing um but also, I don't. I can't disagree. I mean, like, I'm. I, I would have said the same one. I, I'm not such a pessimist that I would say between one and zero. So apparently, I'm more accommodating now than I used to be. <laughs> but, but, but this is a, a like a really interesting thing. Is like when you buy your way into having an adventure that you cannot conceive of, plan for, execute, recover from on your own. Mm-hmm. Then you, and you al- you already know when you're doing that when you're sort of buying access you buy oh, yeah. the gear they, they you, know. you you buy they know and they know that it will be could be f- judged by others to be less than if they were honest. Well, yeah. So th- so this is what I'm headed for. Is mm-hmm. like if they're honest, it wouldn't maybe seem as cool as they want it to be. And so there, this is what, it, you know, produces the embellishment is if my, my friends, you know, they're, you know, critical thinkers, let's say, and they'll understand immediately that I bought my way. Yeah. I bought this pass, you know, this hall pass and I got away with it, but I want to make it seem better than it was. It's the person who uses oxygen to climb Everest, but that is curiously omitted from the speech afterwards. It's always the omission. So it's like, yes. for me, I'm not like, outright like, lying. No, no, no. Like they're not going to say oh yeah, the final, that last 400 foot stretch, we all jugged up a rope that the guy had set with pickets. They're not going to say, and they did. Did that happen? Yes. Whoa. Um, okay. That's a different thing than not, I would have. Whether or not it's liability, which yeah. maybe it is. Yeah. That's fine. Right. Um, and they were roped in on the descent. Yep. Liability. I don't care. But that stuff gets omitted because they don't want to get discredited. Yeah. Also, things like I bet you none of them carried the ropes or the pickets. But it's also I bet you none of them carried fuel for the stoves. So whatever experience they had was hard enough, exactly for them. 
Which is fantastic. Which is fantastic. It's like it, it's and and it was probably like as you said, the hardest thing that they'd ever done. You know, it was like a, yep. a period of great overcoming, from which valuable universal lessons can be learned until you start lying about it and they'll omit things like that or do you think that they're going to be talking about the because there was a party of three skiers ahead of me okay that um they were from like the the keystone kind of resort oh nice they were fantastic yeah i I watched them i watched them ski and then oh yeah you guys are fucking legit yeah they skied great um do you think that that those that party of guided people are going to be like oh yeah we saw four dudes like rip it down the chute that we were roped up on yeah no no that shit ain't gonna happen that's true yeah yeah just like that's true we can't we mm -hmm. can't describe to others the greater levels of competence that you know were being expressed around us um and because it diminishes what we did and it was like no it's it's not what you you were fortunate you were blessed i'll say to witness human beings doing what human beings are capable of and what i was looking for and it should open up possibilities yes, it should and like as a I yeah was, i was trying to find something because I, I said something to jeff about because uh, he asked how it went yeah and he's like oh yeah how'd it go and i told him he's like oh cool it sounds like it was more the uh you know mountaineering side of ski mountaineering I'm like yes yes it was yeah perfect yeah <laughs> um and then he we were talking about this exactly like what kind of experience you're looking for and what you're getting and the differences. And I described seeing that roped up group and he said, he said, Oh yeah, I have, I have pretty fond memories of climbing past multiple parties on the nose on a hundred foot run out while they were scared out of their minds on day two or three of their climb. And we were running on hour two or three during an eight hour ascent that we then wingsuited after. And it's, the gap between those two experiences is is vast, and yet you're on the exact same piece of dirt. Well, and you're on the exact same edge of your ability. Yes, in a way, because they are like that. Yeah. Per, that person who's gripped out his mind is there, at the edge of was, his ability. There was a dude gripped to shit. He didn't even want to look at me, and I came scooting by his ass yeah. with a rope on my back and pickets like that. He's using yeah himself using ropes and pickets to get down yeah, and I'm like acting like a goofball yeah hey man so like i kind of need to get around to here on this little spine like yeah excuse me yeah you're you're standing where the good snow is man <laughs> yeah you're you're like where the boot like um I, this thing might fall apart can i like get around you yeah i don't really don't want to fall here because i'm not roped in anything yeah <laughs> you, you are you can do what you want you can, yeah <laughs> move and but. so and, and you're not at the edge of your ability at that point no. but you are you, you know no you know i'm in a thoughtful the, the, space you're in the. I was in a thoughtful space. Yeah, like, exactly. You gotta you gotta be paying attention. I, I was in toeholds. Like I, yeah. I wasn't gonna be completely dicking off. Like yeah, if I did something stupid, there's a You'd legitimate to, chance of being scared shitless yeah. or dying. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, it, it may, maybe even this the comparison that Jeff made about you know this, the two different parties on the nose. If you're climbing to um, be a squirrel afterwards, because uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, that was the that was like the one hour when it was legal in the park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought it was like a really weird sort of lottery. It's a strange, strange system. Strange thing, system. Yeah, um, but you're like climbing, at, um, not necessarily at the edge of your ability, but pretty close. Yeah, you know. And then the other guy who's like he's gripped up out of his same mind, way. He's also at the edge of his ability, or or pretty close. Mm-hmm. So you're having similar human experiences, and the mechanisms are different. Vastly. It's it's very interesting to see that or to hear reports about it. And 
I think the gap is growing. Yeah. Because I mean, use, we just talked about it shortly, but use that 96 disaster as a, as an example. Yeah. Even though those clients that were on many of those parties mm-hmm. were at the time, very low experienced climbers. Yeah. If you put them up against climbers who are clients today, they, I, they would be the best clients you would ever fucking have. They, they most, you are most of them absolutely had, fucking right about most that. Most of them had yeah. climbed Denali or yeah. one of the Karakorums or like they had done other six and 8,000 meter peaks yeah. without O2. Like most of the people on all those climbs were what you would now consider a top tier client, which yeah. is fucking bananas when you think they were quote unquote the problem back then. Yeah. And the gap between Bukarev and and the clients he had yeah. is smaller than the gap would be between him and clients today. Oh yeah. Which is very strange because that loops back to the cool modernity and tech. I mean, if I remember correctly, Anatoly was assisting. Yeah. Um, without O2. Without O, of course. Went down to catch a nap so that he would be valuable later Save in case shit six went people. bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's and, and there's another thing there. I mean, Scott Fisher was a good friend and, uh, you know, one of the toughest human beings yeah. ever. Man, it's frightening to think that the difference, that, that the gap between guide ability and guide experience and climber, you know, client ability and client experience is greater now than it was then. But it is. Oh, I'm, I don't doubt it. And I do it, and, not doubt and it's it. Only, yeah. It's only exacerbated by the availability of the equipment. Well, it's it's that. And I think, and, and I, uh, I mean, I'm going to go even further. And I think that like, because other human beings have had this experience and then because that those experiences have been broadcast, communicated, whatever, via certain media streams, then it, I, I my sense is that people, potential clients now have a greater sense of entitlement to that experience than Absolutely. they ever did. Like the barriers are down. Uh, like I know, they I know, don't exist. I know Rufus who's like fat as fuck and he, he, he got up it. there. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's my right. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's available to me, even though I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm 10 pounds lighter than he was. You know, I didn't die from the vid, so I got it. And, and I got that, this. And that's why I think the gap between, you know, people that are seeking specifically difficult behavior. Yeah. You know, like you can say like Bukharev, like, oh, I want to do a speed ascent on Lutzi and shoes. Yeah. Or or now the guys that were up there climbing the Slovak yeah. in 20 hours. Like, yeah. People that seek those kinds of behaviors, I think are becoming a, a, a more rarefied group and further further marginalized much and, further and and much further uh, not just marginalized but used as hey you can too people because they look at it and they're like oh well that guy's like way far out in fucking outer space i can get to 50 percent of that uh-huh because i'm a 50 percenter yep this so uh the other night we were having this conversation um Specifically with Paul Roderick, who runs TATs, uh, flown with him a ton, and he's just gotten better as a pilot. It's fucking amazing. Hey, if you keep surviving, uh, no shit, huh? Um, but we we were talking about like it, you know whether climbing has value, yeah, you know to the to the greater community, and and or whether what and he was he was talking about you know flying a little bit, and so yeah. I got to put it in climbing terms because I <clears throat> think like well, and and I think the 
the value in these difficult experiences uh, is contingent upon the experiencer's ability to communicate. Yeah. And you can communicate if, if what you've done is only 15% harder than the, you know, than the norm, the gulf across which you are required to communicate is very narrow. Yes. And, and so, so a lot of people can identify with this experience. Mm -hmm. As soon as you go to where the gulf, you know, what you have done is 80% more, Let's we'll put more in air quotes because it could be harder, longer, blah, 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 whatever, yeah. whatever you know, superlative is going to be. But it's 80% more. It's really tough to communicate back any lessons that, um, that, or any ideas or any motivation or opportunity or any of it to people who are, you know, who are, you know, at the zero line. It's, it's next to impossible because... I mean, you got to be a really good fucking communicator. Even if, but even if you, <laughs> even if you are, and you're able to communicate some of these things, to, for somebody to put themselves in your shoes and understand it, they have to have a yeah. parallel experience that at least touches part of it. You know, yeah. so like there's got to uh, be a point of access, like uh, like like Whitaker's uh, bivouac at you know eight thousand whatever meters, right off on K two. The first uh, the first two Americans to go up K two. Yeah, he yeah. he bivied up above eight thousand. Jim Wickwire, maybe. Wickwire, yeah. Yeah, sorry. There we go. Yeah. Wickwire. Yes. Right, he just fucking hung out. Yeah. Well, he wrote about it. Yep. How many people have read that and just kind of like passed by it? Passed by it and not understood. Not, the dude was literally dying. And he knew he was dying. And he's like, maybe I'll live. But I can't go for, but if I continue on doing what I'm doing, I will die. Yeah. I mean, Haston and Doug Scott, they slept, you know, and they it's climbed fucking, the South, finished the Southwest face, ran out insane. of O2, which is even, I mean, wild. yeah, fucking wild. Spent the night over 8,000 meters, and that was... That I, was mean, I mean, Herman Bull yeah. did it, too. Yeah, well, yeah, but he had... He lost a few appendages. He, he lost some appendages, and he may have uh, <clears throat> been chemically enhanced. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I don't know. I, Pervitin, maybe, whatever. you know, hey, whatever. Some people say it's just an amphetamine, but others say, I'd say it's the first ascent of an 8,000-meter peak on LSD. But whatever. I love it. Yeah. But it, <laughs> but it, it's true. It, it, it has been a human experience, and it's happened, and, it ha- that, and it's happened and has not ended in tragedy. Yeah. But most of what you... You know the, the the media that we are at, you know, and I'll say written, and, and I include written books mm-hmm. in the term media that we have available to us now. Is that like if you spend a night out over eight, night out over eight thousand meters, you come home with no fucking nose, or yep. you're dead. Yeah, or you don't come home. Yeah, you don't continue climbing. Yeah, for twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. Now, and then you go to things like I mean, that's that's why doing shit like like Whitney the way I did it and then thinking, Oh, wait a second. Like this means that I can do some other cool stuff. Like just right now thinking, Hey, I wonder if a winter picnic is a thing. It's a thing, but let me, let's get, let's continue on this communication thing. So you got these eight clients that Mm -hmm. were there and their minds are just fucking blown zapped. If you got to sit down with some of them to talk about, you know, to have them, to offer them the opportunity to, you know, tell the story of their experience and then share yours in a way that would 
open up greater possibilities for them, which is what you're talking about right now. It's yeah. like you finish something, you accomplish something, and then bang, the map gets bigger. Way bigger. Way bigger. And so what would you say, you know, how would you, I'm mean, going to not tell the whole story, but is there something there? Like, how do you reach them, you know, right when they're about to get in their cars and fall asleep on the drive home um, <laughs> is, is not the time. They're not super receptive, but somewhere in the 72 hours after you recover a little bit and you're very, very open to input, oh, yeah. what would, you know, get, what, what could we, you, we say in that moment that would, um, A, I think the first point is to, you know, keep them from embellishing, you know, yeah. keep them from starting to think that they've done something greater because if you think you've done something greater than you did, then that maybe that stalls the amb- like then the the the, the follow on ambition would be unrealistic. I, but if you honestly accept it, and um, you know what, I think the way forward with with people doing things like that, yeah, is not allowing them to treat it as a a block that they're checking, but as a it's not acquisition, but as a repeatable effort. Yeah, and so okay, cool. You just did it. You just did Whitney in the winter time. How can we do it faster? How can we do it better? How how can I feel better? Winter technically in the snow. Yeah, you did it in the snow. So you did, yeah. you did, you did a yeah winter ascent. What if next time you did it in two days? Wouldn't that be really cool? Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to do it in three days, four days, like you did, but feel amazing at the end of it? What if you, what instead if you, of obliterated. What if you carried yeah. all your gear? Like that's how I would move forward with them. Is yeah. you you treat it as a life changing habit. That allows you to do, you could do the same thing again, but self-sufficient. Better. Yeah. And enjoy it. Better and and better can go along certain ways. Like you said, it it could be faster. mm -hmm. It could be proper winter. Any number of ways. January. Before, yeah, yeah, before May 20th uh, or March 20th, excuse me. Um, Or you could do it all on your own. Precisely. With a a friend. You could could be so many ways. So fit. You could take advantage of a two-day weather window where you just fucking drive up and nail it. Precisely. Nail experience yeah no crush it conquer conquer all these words that all the hippies don't want people to say about climbing anymore yeah exactly yeah i can use whatever adjective i want that's true because i i because i can make words mean what i want them to mean exactly yeah yeah (laughs) you will speak to he them they however i say exactly (laughs) and no means whatever i want it to mean (laughs) but like that's how i would communicate with somebody yeah um it's just open like I, I think you're right. There's like a detailed, if, if you offer a list of options that are, and I'll say, you know, higher in the hierarchy of yeah. human accomplishment, you know, i.e. take more responsibility. Because I would say that to them for myself, because like the way that I'm thinking about it now is if there's another year like this, yeah, you know, in the next five or eight, okay, I want to go back and do that like I did, but alone. Yeah. Completely solo. Totally self-sufficient, yeah. not a fucking human being, and in and, and drive sh- out and as short as possible as possible. Fucking as I can. drive out, you don't fly. Could do that too, yeah. but like <laughs> it, it's that's how, that's where my brain went. Yeah, because like as we were skiing down, I'm like, I totally, I think I could do this alone. I feel, I feel like there was a thing. Maybe it was Andy uh, and Jason um, who went out and skied one of those lines, but it was like, yeah. but the, but the timing was round trip Salt Lake to Salt Lake. Oof. I think was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> makes me want to throw up that's a lot of driving it's a fuck ton of driving i don't care about the climbing like, yeah. that's a lot of driving i mean you're you got a 13 hour approach Woo. and the jitters just to oh, get, just to get to bishop <laughs> yeah. 
But I, that's that's the kind like. But if you they, can stop and turn up on you know you at, the, at the clown motel if you wanted. That's cheating. I, well, I would never stay in that hotel <laughs> in the first place. But <laughs> but I, th- I I think you're right. I think the way to bridge the gap or the way to close the gap between the nerfing yeah and the like hyper rarefied group yeah is both of them communicating being willing to communicate with each other yes and one not trying to be better than or or more put upon yeah. than the other you yeah know? because if those people that are in that rarefied group are going to be maligned for any number of reasons or if the nerfed group are going to be maligned by the other group for any reason that's a problem. For then you can't, That's a problem for everybody. Then you're not communicating. There, yeah. There's there's already barriers to communication. I, there was a uh, fascinating conversation the other night um, when somebody that we had run into, that, uh, this guy Bob, that, that Blair had met when he was running his first ultra oh, seven man. fucking years ago. But we meet him on a pretty small fucking glacier on the west side of Mount Huntington because uh, we were on a plane that went to pick him and his wife up. You know, and we were kind of talking about this thing and, and he just talking about one of the younger kids, like a proper hitter and just saying... Like, it was really amazing. Like, I don't, you know, I haven't spent that much time with him, but how he conducts himself, like the way he, you know, is soloing and moving in the mountains Mm -hmm. and the way he was communicating and being as a human in this camp of, you know, 10 or a dozen climbers at the base of this face after the fact, or he's still hanging out, getting ready to try and do something other. And Bob was just saying like, look, he makes it, you know what he's doing and what I could potentially do more accessible just by his demeanor. We don't need to talk that much, yeah. but his behaviors, I mean, so there's no sort of you know, um, maligning and how he carries d- himself. D- it's just how he carries himself. And that I think is a big thing. And something that I fucked up when I was younger yeah. was, you know, the I'm Mark Twight and you're not thing. Yeah. I'm better, which, which I'm better and you're nowhere fucking near me. So don't even, don't even look at me. That was bad, insecure behavior that didn't help. Yeah. Let's say, and not that I'm, you know, here to help, but now I look at it and I go, wow, if I had been a bit better at communicating, um, if, well, if I had been more secure myself, which as a young man, you're obviously not, no. you know, I mean, you can't be. So I, I, I'm, I'm hypothesizing an impossibility, yeah. but if I had been allowed myself to be more accessible or as accessible as I became in my fifties, yep. let's say, uh, and, and, and open to, you know, whatever, man, you're, you're going on a guided trip up to Nally. That fucking kicks ass. Like you're not on a couch. Yeah. You know? Hey, let's You're go, not the let's, problem. You're not the problem. You're out here trying. You're out yeah. here looking for some, uh, you know, a, 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 a greater experience yeah. than, than, you know. Um, and so I look at that and I just go, fuck. Here's someone who got it at yeah. a younger age than I did in a way and lives and conducts life in, in, in a way that is that I think is more helpful to this idea of a concept of, you know, human evolution in terms of our relationship to the environment and and what we can or can't do and yeah. physical and psychological accomplishment. Um, he's like inviting gateway yeah. where, you know, I think I'll just say myself for sure and some others, you know, just shut that shit off yeah. in order, you know, for, for whatever reason, like I can't look back and, you know, analyze my shit. And, and to, it's, and it's still occurring. I mean, there's still like the, what I see as the, the bulk of upper level 
outdoor athletes right now yeah is the not only am i better than you and that's like a background noise type of behavior yeah they claim they then say you can do it too also i'm more eco-friendly than you will ever be oh my god right there's i haven't even fucking factored that in but i also so what what i'll say about that is like when we say higher performing individuals yeah you know behaving in what i would consider to be a shitty way like in a way that i behave in like being shut down and 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 creating a greater gulf between myself and people who weren't doing and others um i think that's a that's a 90 percenter thing that's the, someone who's not operating at the highest levels it's an 85 yeah. percenter thing it's it's like an 85 percent or 90 percent with insecurity which is I, what i would consider myself is that i had to differentiate myself egoistically yeah. um in because i didn't believe that i was actually um as as capable as as yeah. i was i'd been yeah. around like way better guys than me but I tried to get to the ninety percent, and then talk, you know, talk through the remaining, talk through the remaining ten percent to make people yeah. think I was at the hundred. I think that still happens because when you're there, if you're at ninety-five percent of the top performers of, you know, if the top, top, top performance in the world treat it like a shooting competition, and everybody that's that's a yeah. hundred, and then everybody is a percentage of that. If you're in the ninety-five to, you know, let's say you're a grandmaster from ninety-five mm-hmm. to to a hundred percent. Um, th- then you don't you don't behave that way. Nope. It's somewhere uh, at advanced, but not quite there yet. When the fucking dick measuring happens, you know, when the bullshit happens, and so this is me, you know, basically saying that I wasn't at a hundred back then. Yeah. And I don't think mm-hmm. I ever was. You know, maybe one or two ascents. We were, you know, we're at the highest possible level of possibility at the time. Um. And uh, but but that was it. And. And so I, I, I think it's like the top, top people who also have evolved into a graciousness that the it's interesting insecure to see. 85 to 90 percenters cannot, cannot have. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I, those two groups should learn from each other and then, yeah, help learn from, help learn from people like in, in a guided group that that might be the coolest piece of outdoor experience they ever touch yeah and you're treating it like meh yeah don't ever treat it like it's it's fucking it's special regardless of how you personally feel about it yeah because your personal feelings have nothing to do with what's actually there exactly exactly at all yeah fucking hell that was a rad mission it was fun I'll go do. I'll go do it again. Yeah, and I, maybe next winter I'll be doing the winter picnic. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be fun to. I mean, it'd be it'd be kind of cool. You know, document talking with. I'll, I'll just say that when I had my first hip replaced, you know, I spent the rest of 2018 trying to get ready for a big test, and that's you know when I did uh, Rebecca's whole stage race thing. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the full private the big, Idaho. The big say. one. The big one. Like all those days, and that was sort of aiming for as like a test and. And now another hip plus the fused ankle, and I'm like, ah, what's there? I'd like to do a thing, you know, and maybe get ready for a thing. I mean, we could and like, and the winter one, you know, there's the highlight picnic. That's I think what you know, I'm yeah. gonna entry, you know, which is just basically swimming or you know, riding the bike up to the reservoir, mm-hmm. swimming across it, and then doing. And I think it's either Highlight Peak or maybe it's Blackmore. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly, but like 
Yeah. I'll come do it. it. it it'd be super fun. I'm thinking the dry suit is the better way than a Let's give it a rip. Suit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hey. I mean it's not I'm, it, I'm Mr. Sign Me Up. It's like it's a it's an entry level picnic. This is like an after this is not like an all day picnic. Again. Good. So it's an actual picnic. So it's an actual picnic, <laughs> not a picnic like a fucking suffer fest. Yeah. Which yeah. I imagine if I do that winter Oh, if Jackson, you could do a winter one, whew. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool to do. It would be rare. It'd be cool to do unannounced, frankly. Yeah. So I should edit this part. No, out. no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. not. Yeah, don't make it not a big deal. blibber like, blabber about it. Like, just do it and yeah. be like, and hey, this was fun. Were we talking earlier? In the, maybe in the or office, secretly about... record a Strava and then release it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be funny. That would be good. <laughs> Wait, is the date on this correct? Holy shit! Does this say January eighth? <laughs> yeah. The fuck? Short days. This can't be right. A lot of headlamp batteries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Went through six headlamps. It was yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of glow sticks. <laughs> yeah. Swimming across the lake. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. I I just think it's amazing now. What is? I mean. What's Obviously, attainable. yeah. What's what has become available? Because there were things that weren't within reach. I mean, yeah. Forty years ago, thirty years ago, do you think somebody would have skied all three of the Tetons in a day, in no. a single day? No, one push. They literally probably woke up that morning, one a.m., had a yeah. fucking breakfast, and yeah. they were home to have pizza. That's bananas yeah. to think. But if you they th- weren't crushed. But if you th- if you think well, and now I'm gonna. I'll, I'll put a nail in it right away, which is cable car assisted in some ways. But but think of the shit that was happening in the 80s in the Alps. Oh, yeah. In the way of en- enchaining peaks, of doing like, oh, if I can solo North Face of Lake Duat in two and a half hours, then what the fuck do I do for the rest of the day? Yeah. Well, if I go down, then I'm at the base of the Telephra. And that's like an pads. hour and 15 minutes. And if I go down, then I'm at the, then I walk a little bit. I'm at the base of the Grand Jurass and I can do one of those routes. And, then now we're up to like an actual proper day. Yeah. You know, now it's been 13 hours, you know, or whatever it is. And you're just like, holy shit. Like the, the evolution that happened there with the technical ability, and maybe it's getting down with skis, but maybe it's just having their descent super rehearsed. Maybe it's getting down with the paraglider because, you know, Gersen and Fred Vimal did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking Patrick Berho and Boivin, I think they, they flew off the, the south face of the Foo. Flew off the top with a fucking hang glider. That's badass. That's badass. Because you had to tote that bitch Got, up there. Well, somehow. Yeah. Not on the route. No, I, I mean, it had, had to get up br- there. It, it somehow had to get up there. Flew and then did the American direct on the Drew afterwards? Or uh, Christophe Vaillant flew. Um, he was waiting on top of the Grand Jurassic. Escoffier soloed the Crow's Spur. Flew him down tandem on a hang glider from the top. And then he sold the Walker, which is like... And those were things that were happening in the, like there's an evolutionary period in the eighties. It's so cool. God forbid, like I have no clue what's happening there now, but it's obviously advanced beyond oh, yeah. that. And, uh, but, but it, so some of, well, in some, some of it's advanced and some in, of it has come backwards based on risk tolerance. Yes. People, I, I was going to say there has risk been tolerance s- has gone down the tubes. Yeah. And that's fine. In general, in general for the top 10%, Maybe it's not. probably about the same. It's probably about the same. I'm thinking like, like anybody who was pushing. Like I, I bet a, I bet a Bukarev would notice the exact same amount of risk tolerance in like a like Marc Andre Leclerc, the, yeah. the, the kid that died. Like he'd yeah. see the same shit in himself that yeah. he saw in him. But yeah. he'd probably look at the the eighty percenters and be like, "The fuck are you doing? Yeah, like yeah, like why are you so afraid? Jump that thing. Jump <laughs> yeah. that. Cr- you don't have to get roped in. It's two feet. Jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I don't disagree there. Because I think, and, and it would go back to the sort of the nerfing, like the, yeah. the preparatory path 
to get to become one of the 90 percenters is so fucking different now. Oh yeah. Like you could, it's like, almost rehearsed. It's some of it's rehearsed, and, and the and the guys who, and the guys who get there, um, quickly in the, in the quickly or in the mm-hmm. old way, as far, a lot of it, as far as I can tell, they're the sons and daughters of people who did it, who were there. Yeah. Like they were raised with this, uh, normalized level of risk tolerance, or this level yeah. of risk tolerance that was normal to them. Or they come from a profession that was very, very, very risk, like risky. Yeah. And you have to develop the risk tolerance. Like, yeah. Well, just how it is. Yeah. Oh, fucking well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe that too, for sure. Yeah. I started skiing late in life, like very late, you know, like in my twenties. Cool. And I didn't start doing anything wild until not that long ago. You know, so ostensibly I should not be sitting there looking at a 49 degree hard pack like, okay. But you have a relationship with risk and risk assessment. And that's where I was going. Based on. Yep. Yes. Based on a previous uh, Mm -hmm. career, let's say. Yeah. 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 And I don't think there's a... There's no shortcut to that. There's no shortcut to that. There's no book learning way to get there. Fuck off. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Because you see people that do that, mm-hmm. that, you know, they go to all the schools, they do all the things, they go to all the classes, they, they take all the coaching and then you put them in that scenario and they lock up. And yeah. They can't and just like, wait, I need to, where's my QR code to get to the right page in the book to tell uh-huh. me what to do? Like what yeah. now? I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't know. Make I said a, book. A I'm fucking, sorry. I meant make a choice. I don't know what to tell you. To the website. Yeah. I said, Jesus. Yeah. Books are, they, they have pages. You have to yeah. rent, rent them sometimes or yes. buy them from Amazon. <laughs> yeah. And then Amazon knows <laughs> everything that you read, well, how long you stayed on a page, what you underlined. Good. That's why I continue buying books by Ruby Ridge and Waco. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> come find me. Speaking of, have you watched, uh, uh, I've been, I've read a couple of things in the last uh, day about the <laughs> Netflix no, I, I'm, thing about that. Cause I will, it's but the I, 30 year anniversary. No, but <laughs> I, I've watched, I've watched some of the other docs on it. Yeah. Um, as well as Ruby Ridge. And yeah, I have books. I have two books on Waco and one on Ruby Ridge yeah. um, that I've read through. Cause I, I mean, I find that kind of bureaucratic. Oh, it's uh, fucking wild. What Like if you, yeah. And yeah. I had completely forgot. I was reading an interview it's with someone today. Disgusting. Um, and I had completely forgotten about Janet Reno's rent a car comment yeah. about the tanks, like, and and all of the people just defend like, fuck. And it took years for her to get found out about the incendiaries and all that yeah. shit. But anyway, I was just kind of curious if you'd seen the thing. It'd be kind of hadn't I, yet. You know, I don't know if I'm now. I mean, yeah, my let's watch it and loop back. Yeah, exactly. That would be a, that'd not be a, not a bad idea. I was. I was kind of thinking, you know, if we were going to talk today, I was like, all right, what do I want to talk about with Trevor today? Well, for <laughs> sure, Whitney and wherever that leads. But then also I wanted to talk about the curious apprehension about, you know, I'm going to Alaska for, you know, seven or eight days. Don't know exactly where I'm getting out. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I was trying to think about the gun selection, you know, like yeah, I overthought the fun. shit out of the gun selection. You asked and I'm like, I don't know, something to kill a bear. Yeah. Bring a pistol. What are, you, exactly. what are you asking me for? But they're going to be asleep and they're going to be, you know, waking up around. I'm not going to be around them, but, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I feel like I was a little blase about my answer, but like, and I think it was absolutely the accurate answer. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and there's. There's no, there's no mill like the 10 mil. Nope. That's all I can say. There's, there's no sidearm like a 357. Well, yeah. No, <laughs> too. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, let's watch some documentaries and we'll circle back because it'd be an interesting thing to we'll see that. Um, uh, Give just have a discussion about, you know. We'll communicate. We'll communicate. Fucking dig it. <laughs> I'm glad we communicated today. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Next time. <laughs>